Right then, welcome or welcome back to the Midnight Podcast, where we have super in-depth, authentic, super transparent, open conversations with an array of different entrepreneurs from many different industries. I really want to make this a podcast known for going super in-depth on loads of topics that other podcasts are scared to speak about. I feel like most stuff out there these days is just super surface level, super vanilla, and doesn't really answer the questions that viewers and listeners want to hear. So that's what we're trying to do. Keep it real and keep it raw. I'm sure you'll get a huge amount of value listening or watching the pod wherever you are. And if you do, don't forget to subscribe, recommend it to a friend, leave a like and a comment and just let us know what you think. And yeah, really hope you enjoy this episode. Right then, fellas, another sponsor for the pod is probably something you're very familiar with. If you're in the e-commerce space, it's certainly something I am. It's Wayflyer. Cashflow is the biggest killer of any fast-growing e-com brand, as I, probably more than most, know very fucking well. Go and watch episode one if you haven't already. Wayflyer is an e-commerce funding partner. Essentially, they can front you the cash for a month or so worth of sales. You need a minimum of six-month sales, a minimum of 20 grand a month, I believe, right now. If you've got a brand that you're super, super passionate about, you want to scale it quick, but cash is a problem, to invest in inventory, mainly marketing, overheads, team costs, whatever it is, you can get funded in as little as two to three days. It's literally that quick. No bullshit bank loans, no personal guarantees. I've worked with them personally in the past, took a six-figure sum off them. Plenty of guys I know in my network and people that have been on the pod and run massively successful brands have also used them as a funding partner because everyone knows at scale, cash flow is the biggest killer, even if you are profitable. If you think this could be a fit, potentially you could be a fit for them, then go click the link below. Speak to the guys at Wayflyer. It's a referral link, so we get a little fee. You save a little bit as well. Support the pod, support your business. Cash is king, especially in this market. Let's fucking go. Welcome or welcome back to everyone's favourite podcast. It's the Midnight Pod with the brunette shorter version of Matt Kelly today. Um, Something like that. (laughs) I'm Lucas. um, uh, Run a couple of agencies, one a TikTok first and another is a creative agency. uh, And recently also ventured into the world of e-com and acquired a part of an e-com brand. So... I spoken to Matt and we, uh, we said that I would take over today to interview him because I know a lot of people... Yeah, would people have... are wondering what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I'm sat in this weird. seat for the first time in 41 episodes, whatever it is. He's in the hot seat. Um, but yeah, welcoming the problem child, the... Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the CEO of Space Goods, Matt, welcome. CEO, fucking hell. I think that is... I, I fucking hate when people C-suite, say like... one man team. Founder, yeah, founder. Um, yeah, I suppose... Geez, I'm going to probably fucking find it hard to be a guest on this. I guess I wanted to do, I've had a few people message me, like particularly the past few months saying, when are you going to do a full in-depth episode? I know I did sort of an episode in that respect on the 44 pod with Franco and those guys. But yeah, that was like pre-Space Goods. It wasn't, I don't think we covered everything. And I just feel like it'd be useful. Maybe it sounds like the fucking most arrogant, egotistical thing in the world, but that's not the intention. I guess it would just be useful, I think, to put a fucking, like a solid episode out almost just for me more than anything so I can look back in years to come which yeah. is ultimately what all this shit's about really well, it's like therapy as well and you know I think there's a lot of shit about you online not sh- bad shit but there's like sh- stuff about you in different areas and it's kind of piecing all that together and yeah. then like bringing some deeper questions to you that maybe you wouldn't have been asked before in other pods um, yeah exactly because I probably find myself trying to speak about certain things in certain episodes but then obviously when I'm the host it's not all about me it's never been about me um yeah. But I chime into a lot of stuff. 
Yeah. And yes, a few people messaged me. I just thought, fuck it. Let's just do an episode, I guess, about me. We'll probably get you on the fucking pod next as well, Nick, because I'm running <laughs> out, I guess. Sh- <laughs> running out, I guess, exactly. I've, I've just hired a full, not a full-time, part-time booking assistant. Um, she's probably watching. She's doing a great job. But yeah, like fucking rinsed my network so much so I guess this is probably the, the definition of that me coming on my own pod as a guest but that, that's not why I suppose it was just a piece of shit together but yeah I'm also Lucas has got a pod that he launched recently so I guess a bit of cross-pollination um he can fucking practice as well if this yeah, ain't a cracking yeah. episode it fucking better be yeah fucking spotlights on you but I better do a good job as the as the uh, map for it's the actually day. better for my neck sitting here you know because I find sitting there, that's why I want to get a new sofa. I've just got a bean bag. Mate, it's very low in the seat. Like yeah, I ordered two bean bags, very much in. but only the beans came. Anyway, so I'm, I want to get like actually eye contact on the pod. Yeah. As in yeah, like people yeah, looking yeah. at each other. Yeah. A, a bit, bit, bit like Diary of CEO or something, like, like a more normal setup because it's a bit of a, it's not ergonomically the best. Yeah, I got a friend in radio and she, that was her comment on my pod, like actually facing each other means mm. for a more in, you know, intimate environment. Because even now, it's like, I mean, this angle's better, but like when I'm always sat there, I'm always consciously like, fuck, my neck's so cricked. Yeah. But anyway. Let's fucking get into it then. So I think we'll we'll follow a similar format to uh, usual. So I think let's just go back to, let's go back to the start. Like what were you like growing up as a child? Um, what did, yeah, what did your childhood look like? Yeah, fuck. So I guess if that's the question I was asking it, like what the fuck do you do? Well, I guess, yeah. Um, anyone that doesn't know me, I'm a fucking e-com entrepreneur. Been in the game a while. Um, I think my story is probably quite probably quite unique. Certainly, I think pretty interesting because of probably like the amount of shit I've done and just like stories and certainly the ups and downs, which I think no one fucking speaks about, which is like the whole premise of this pod. At least initially it was. Um, fuck yeah, going back to starts, but I suppose I'm from, from York. I grew up in the North. Non-identical twin brother, pretty standard like middle class family mum was a nurse fucking dad was an architect does something in management um a building company now um he'll probably hate me for saying that yeah went to fucking state school like i guess proudly went to a state school i've always been a bit of a cunt being like have a chip on my shoulder for like people that come from money and shit because that definitely wasn't me um yeah pr- pretty standard fucking school upbringing um i guess skipping past to about the age of like 12 I became obsessed with rowing that was like the first thing that I was ever really good at but I was good at it because I fucking got obsessed with it and and, and enjoyed it and then between like the age of like 12 and 18 I was like obsessed with rowing then I got into like a phase of probably started being interested in entrepreneurship broadly speaking probably always knew I actually think I knew when I was like 10 years old that I was going to be an entrepreneur probably didn't even know what the word was was there like that moment because there's the cliche thing that every entrepreneur seems to have where they you know they did that thing like fucking selling shells on the beach or selling sweets in school did you have any of those like glimmers a little bit it's definitely not like the fucking selling trash bags door to door like story but that's kind of what I was going to say so like I was obsessed with rowing. Then kind of fell out of love with that. Like on the side when I was like 16, 17, like I, I got like perfect A stars, like straight A, a stars, perfect GCSEs, like A stars and everything. But then I got into A levels. I mean, GCSEs aren't hard, but like, I guess I was good at a lot of stuff at school, like academically. And then I got to A levels, started being a bit like lost. Like what, what the fuck do I actually want to do? So I ended up getting Bs in my A levels when I should have got A stars. It's not that deep now, but that meant that I couldn't, because I bit me wanted to go to try and go to like Oxford, do the boat race. That was like, because I was really into rowing. But then that didn't happen because basically I fucked up my A-levels um, and then went to North Rimbury Uni. But just tracking back, 
I mean, nothing really shit, but we'll get onto that. Tracking back a little bit. So started getting interested in kind of online stuff broadly. Like I, I was always interested in like logos and shit. Started a bit of eBay, like Amazon arbitrage when I was maybe like 16, 17. That's probably like the first ever online thing I did. I think I bought some fucking course on like affiliate marketing, which I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. It's just like kind of dabbling a little bit. Probably, I don't know if I was like, I didn't really have any, it was more the fact that I didn't want to be like everyone else just by default. I wasn't really sure how or why, but I just always remember feeling like I don't want to be like everyone else. Where Not do you think my, that came from? Probably comparison with my brother. Because mm, they're non, non-identical twins. We're twin brothers, but we're nothing alike. We don't look anything alike. We're very, very different characters. Who would you say when you were younger, like, does, is that like a deep-rooted thing where it was a, like competitive or, you know, did you think, was he more talented in certain things? Was it, yeah, what, what did that look like then? We were just compared all the time, I think. But we had the same friend group and shit. Um, we were both good at school. He also rode. I was better at rowing and he would agree. That's a fucking fact. <laughs> I was right just faster. <laughs> I won more shit. Um, we both actually played in a band as well. So I, I did a lot of shit when I was younger. Like I was playing guitar as well alongside all this like in a band while I was rowing, while I was at school. And then, yeah, I suppose, yeah, we probably, maybe this is like a fucking therapy session. Maybe, maybe that's why I, I felt like I'd, I wanted to be like different and just do different shit and like started being like rebellious in my mind at least when I was in like A-level saying like I don't want to go to uni but I ended up fucking going to uni because um, I didn't know what else to do, basically. Mm. And As most people do. Yeah, and at that point, I was still dabbling around in like... I, actually, was I? Maybe it was when I was 19. Yeah, so I dabbled around in a few like things online. It certainly wasn't like the 16-year-olds fucking printing money, dropshipping or anything. Went to uni to study, ironically, entrepreneurial business management. <laughs> I'll try and bring the story up a little bit because it gets more, a bit more interesting after this point. Studied entrepreneurial business management at Northumbria and I was like, fuck this. I didn't want to be there, by the way. Like I knew I would leave before I even started, but it was just like best of a normally shit situation. It wasn't a shit situation, but best of a standard situation. I, you know, I wasn't going to Oxford to do the fucking boat race. Didn't have a million pound business yet. Like fucking no one does on the 18. Um, so I went to Northumbria to do entrepreneurial business management. A bit of a scam of a course, to be honest, in hindsight. Stayed for six weeks because I decided it was a fucking scam of a course not run by anyone that had ever yeah, run honestly, a business I mean <laughs> like most- I think it's still going but it was just a weird one but I, I, I thought you know being naive that that would be because I was like fuck it I'll go to uni but I, I'm not doing like history I'll do something that might be interesting and like a bit different then dropped out of that came down to fucking London to do a placement because I managed to swindle one through like a family friend, which probably everyone's going to comment, you fucking silver spoon cunt. And it wasn't that, <laughs> but that's just what happened. Um, working, because I decided I was going to drop out of uni, maybe go back, whatever. So I came down, it's so like December 2014, did a six month placement in M&A, mergers and acquisitions in Mayfair of all places, fucking wearing a suit. Um, I was staying in my uncle's house, like an hour and a half fucking train ride out of London and getting paid like 300 pound a month. But it was just like, fucking like uh, looking back I don't even really remember a lot of that time but definitely taught me a lot and that actually was the first time so basically it was a boutique M&A firm so Nick actually who came on the pod it's mm. his firm so that's how we originally met like seven years ago whatever it was um, so Morphos it's called and yeah they're a boutique M&A firm so basically buying and selling businesses from fucking entrepreneurs like in sort of mid-market level like 10 to 30 million pound revenue businesses in the facilities management space it wasn't like e-com or anything I wasn't fucking interested in facilities management these are like cleaning businesses and shit 
but I remember distinctly meeting the founders of some of these businesses. So I would just basically shadow people, just go to meetings and fucking make tea. Mm. But I was wearing a suit every day in Mayfair and was like, fucking hell, this is quite cool compared to what I was doing. So I was like chucked in the deep end, definitely faking it till you make it sort of thing. But yeah, I, I actually remember people laughing and saying like, fucking hell, you're 19. Like, what are you doing here? But I would just, just get on with it. Didn't have any facial hair or anything at the time. <laughs> so definitely looked fucking young. But I remember meeting these founders of these businesses um, one was actually a fire security business called CFS. The two founders, Gary and Steve Quirk, who are two brummy lads, I think they're, they're about, they would have been about 50 at the time, running this 50 million pound a year business and telling me about all, like the, the fucking cars they've got. Because I was massively into cars and I would go around Mayfair on my lunch break fucking, and you can go scroll down on my Instagram, just 2014, and see these pictures. Like I go around taking pictures of fucking Lamborghinis and shit, which are obviously all like, just ten a penny around here, um, around Mayfair mm. and shit. And that was the first time I'd seen any of that in real life. I was like, wait a minute, like you don't have to be a footballer or a celebrity to potentially get really rich. Yeah, that's that, that was the first thing that clicked. Quick one, fellas. You probably heard a few months ago I dropped an e-com course, a very fucking guru of me, but it's not that. I promise you, zero to one, how to start a brand from scratch with no budget, some budget, a bit of budget. Take your idea from a bedroom to reality to potentially seven, eight figures in sales like I've done a few times based on my seven years of experience in the trenches and my current experience building my current brand, Space Goods. It's no bullshit, no frills. We've had like 75 people go through so far. Not a single person has asked for a refund. Plenty of people have actually built some seriously impressive shit. Covers every aspect of the business, not just the front end stuff like most gurus on YouTube and Twitter are talking about not just product marketing all that shit but the real shit the logistics the back end the supply chain the customer service the finances as well this covers the whole spectrum every part 12 hours of video if you're interested in scaling a brand zero to one actually turning our idea finally into a reality then click the link below go check out learn real commerce course and let me know what you think I'd be glad to have you in there let's fucking go it's interesting because like you say You've come from probably, like you said, somewhere like you're, like you're, I'm guessing, quite a closed off bubble. Just, yeah, a nice place. Just like standard fucking small town, ultimately. Small city, big town, I suppose. Yeah, so that obviously gave you those kind of flash glimmers of what you could potentially make and that, you know, like you say, you don't have to be necessarily a footballer or whatever to be able to get there. What then was, was it, you know, was it the corporate aspect you didn't like? What, what was it that fucking drove you away from doing that? Yeah, so... The pro of that experience was it genuinely is looking back. It's always funny when you look back. You don't know what you didn't know at the time until you look back and actually deeply think about it, which is what I'm doing now. The pro of that was, it, yeah, it exposed me to, oh, wait, like you can actually like do cool shit and have freedom and make money, which is what what I wanted and like fucking stars in my eyes sort of shit. Like, wow, like these guys have got Lamborghinis. Like he's driving a Rolls Royce. Like that's probably all, all I cared about, like fucking cars. I was like every kid. Yeah. So that was the pro it took me. But the downside was like, well, fuck, I do not want to be wearing a suit every day, working, you know, ultimately in a corporate job advising these people. I want to fucking have my own business, but I don't want to have a facilities management business doing cleaning, although they're fucking very lucrative, probably even more so now because arguably less new businesses going into that space. But then I was like, fuck, okay. I went back to uni. So this is like 20, end of 2014. I'd just broken up with my girlfriend from school who's my first girlfriend first heartbreak probably um i don't know if she watches any of this shit she definitely she still follows me on instagram i don't follow her it's like a follow back it's kind of yeah, deep that is deep. but One i haven't seen ones. her for like seven years i went back to uni to at this point i was like fuck doing business again because i was like well i don't know what's next so i'll go back to uni with that little piece of like that seed planted and then i went back to do 
graphic design, I think it was, something like that, which was like better. This was like first year again for me. Um, I remember just thinking this is better. Like I enjoy like the design aspects, whatever, but I remember distinctly like people talking about like salary potential and jobs and shit. And I just remember always being like, fuck that. I'm just going to do something bigger. I just don't know what it is yet. And then during that year, would it have been during that year? Yeah, so during that year, I started a clothing brand called Gentry Club, which fucking, this is like my first ever e-commerce thing, which was literally the shittiest t-shirt brand ever. Like I bought like white t-shirts and fucking printed a logo on them. But it was a logo I designed, I think, while I was in uni or something. That wasn't the one with Ollie? No, that was later on. So right, I come on to that. Okay. Come on to that. That was actually pretty good. So this would have been 2015, start of 2015. My first ever, shop, ever Shopify store. Worked all summer. So like skipping on a little bit. Worked all summer in Waitrose and, and John Lewis actually in 2015. Shitty summer job. Fucking didn't have any money. Spent literally all my money from that entire summer buying stock and then sold like 200 pounds worth. It was so shit that like kids from school in like the year below would fucking make like Facebook groups to talk about how shit it was. It was like pure bullying, but um, they're forgiven now because a few of them started buying from other brands later on. So that was kind of funny. But, always the way it works. Yeah, anyway, it was just like classic. Didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, like at all. Ended up packing that in. Like just, I did quite a few different things. Like it just didn't work basically. I didn't know what I was doing. Wasn't running paid ads, any of that shit. Maybe coming on about a few months. So like I started rowing at uni again in like 2016. So I started this leggings brand called Wavy Leggings. So this was like print on demand, colorful leggings mm-hmm. for rowing. Slightly better this time. So like six months later, maybe. I was in second year uni, still doing the same course. This sold like 10 grand's worth of shit just from like Instagram organic. And I was it's like, wait a minute. Shipping. Well, it was print on demand. Right, so okay. it had no margin. That was a problem. But I was selling shit. So I was like, all right, this fucking econ thing isn't a scam. It works. I was still doing a bit of digging online. Probably wasn't fully obsessed with e-com at this point. This was like still... I don't really remember that period of my life, to be honest. Probably just being a degenerate at uni to an extent. Um trying to figure out what the fuck I wanted to do and then yeah I changed course to advertising so I changed again I don't know what the fuck I was doing I was like Jesus Christ I'm not enjoying this in second year of uni now living in like this house I was living with like four no five girls and four boys no five girls and three of the guys so it was five girls four boys nine bed house in Jesmond in Newcastle it's fucking legendary Loose. to be fair I was working this burger bar called the Fat Hippo literally over the road from my house and this is where I discovered Facebook ads basically so I'd trying to fucking move on a little bit it's a very long story this would have been like summer 2016 think I'd had another summer working in John Lewis like fucking hating my life like I literally remember actually I remember going around I worked in the the, the computer section I would put the the website for wavy, wavy leggings on the screen that was my advertising it's, that's yeah. a pretty expensive CPM whatever that was probably two hours of time to have five people see it but yeah then coming into like basically that brand fizzled off as well um, probably tried a few other things I think I had like this what I, tr- I started drop shipping watches at one point because I made like a watch as part of a uni project or at least I had to design a brand concept and I just turned it into a watch bought a shitty sample of Alibaba there's just touching on this because I think there's a lot of value here for like people that are starting because I, I get a lot of messages all the time like questions question questions like how do I start an e-com brand how do I start an agency how do I do this how do I do this so there's one same person that's like literally done it yeah. six months apart the same guy and still hasn't started like what one thing's obvious there is that you fucking just tried shit 
and just just saw what clicked and just just yeah. that's how you started learning what advice do you have there for like people who are un- they want to get into entrepreneurship or fucking starting a business but they don't know what their thing is and they or they don't know how to start because i think a lot of people's biggest hurdle is that they don't start yeah honestly like doing this sort of podcast it, well this one specifically because i'm fucking literally ramming my brain thinking about the timeline like the first thing to know is I've been doing this a long time and I'm still fucking figuring it out, which I've been very public about. But I think I'm pretty pretty good at it now because I've been fucking doing it a long time. But obviously before you see any success, which again, I've spoken about like Q&As and shit, it ultimately comes down to this. Because if you haven't seen something work, there's almost no logic in keeping at it really, like technically. But obviously the fucking logic for me was, I know I'm not going to get a normal job. So it's I, I figure something out or I'll fucking die trying. I was mm. literally that, that, that much conviction. Like, I, I, I honestly think that's a genetic thing. I, I don't think you can really buy that. So you that. don't think you can, in terms because of like entrepreneurship, I, I still, you don't think I still think know it's... people from seven years ago that haven't started. And they've been saying for fucking seven years, they're going to start something. So you're you not going to start something, something genetic, like you can't make, uh, maybe, you can't become. Maybe it's not a, genetic, but like, I think, it's a combination probably of g- genetics and I don't know, fucking life experience, trauma in some way or whatever. I don't know. It's something that I just think you either fucking have it or you don't in terms of just starting and doing r- rather than just talking. I think as well, like just like looking at first what your actual fucking passions are. Yeah. If you do something that it, you genuinely love, forget it, like monetary value aside, if you do something you genuinely love or, you know, you're passionate about, you know, if that then you can monetize that down the line, it's more likely you're going to win at that compared to the guy doing it that yeah, doesn't love it. That's the most true thing ever. And, and again, I'm repeating shit I've said in previous pods, but now it's trendy to start a business and specifically an online business and probably more specifically an agency or a DC brand in my case a brand but like I, I was fucking this wasn't cool then no one was talking about Shopify in 2015 yeah. like no one I, I didn't know a single person that was even entrepreneurial let alone doing online shit so I just joined Facebook groups and for me it was like designing logos that was the first thing that was the foot into the fucking wonderful world of figuring the <laughs> fuck out and then I was like well I need to monetize my design skills and that's why I started a shitty t-shirt brand and then that led on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing you get into a fucking rabbit hole and eventually like you come up with something but it's a very slow process yeah. it's probably sl- it's probably slower for me than a lot of other people I've said this before like I was doing shit for like three years before I ever even made any money yet there's fucking doms that are 18 on Twitter now talking about how they're so sad they're not a millionaire yet it's the classic thing like when people see you fucking blow up and are successful they just think instantly that you've just done that overnight and they don't actually see like what's gone on behind closed doors that you yeah. don't document about but like you say on that thing about how it's cool now it's it's so true and like any fucking don can just put in their bio entrepreneur like mm. 12 pound HMRC set that up like you can't put professional footballer in your bio because you fucking play football in the park yeah yeah it's like that's a, very true it's like that's a weird true. space now yeah so back on track yeah I think the answer to that question is yeah firstly recognise that it fucking takes ages and if, and if it's not a genuine interest anyway which for most people by the way it probably isn't otherwise they would have done something by now like by default Um, I think just fucking start like just start it and like, again, this is the most common question I get. It's how do you meet people? People have this strange idea. I grew up with like five prodigy entrepreneurs that I now hang around with loads. I didn't fucking know anyone that was remotely entrepreneurial in York or Newcastle. Yeah. I literally fucking bought a one-way ticket to Singapore like three years later to meet people at an event. And it was a shit event in hindsight, but I met people. So anyway, that's kind of the point on that. 
but coming back to the timeline where was I so yeah it gets to like 2016 and I, I, I try to speed it on it's a long story um and I was like fully checked out of uni at this point. I, I don't think I was going. So it was like kind of do or die time. This one I discovered Facebook ads from a Facebook group. I think it was Murray Edwards, like seven figure heroes mm. or some bullshit. I don't know what that guy's doing now. But I started drop shipping jeans. God, not many fucking money. I was like, I, I'd, I'd seen drop shipping online. I was like, wait a minute, I could test stuff here. Like, this might work. I've got no money, tiny bit of experience now. So made this website selling ripped jeans. This is when like Geordie Shaw was popping, like 2016. I was in Newcastle uh, as well. Yeah, I was like, see everywhere. And then that started working basically I think the website was called Loose Garms or something and this is what this is what ended up developing to become Dusk NCL the brand that I had with Ollie so we were doing I was doing probably like I don't know 20 grand a month online I was like fucking wait a minute like we're actually I'm making more money here than I would from a grad job in like profit and then what very quickly you at, at around that point then probably like two grand I had no idea like the point was I was selling shit yeah, online yeah. And, and it was working getting like two pounds CPPs and shit it was fucking mad and then long story short Ollie ends up getting involved we were like fuck it it actually became so I went from being a dropshipping brand for about five months maybe to a legitimate brand I was working with James and James Fulfillment who I work with now by the way accidental plug um, <laughs> we fucking bought stock and shit it was, it was a legitimate fashion brand like we had Luke Hemmings from five seconds of summer right. wearing that Sherpa jacket so we did, we did the Sherpa jacket and we also had an office a Regis office that was like £300 a month there's a picture if you again scroll down my Instagram fucking did like 2017 there's an office with a logo and a picture of Elon Musk on the wall and this is like five years ago now which is very nostalgic it's so not even that long ago if it's not that long ago it. but it feels like it's a long time in the game like imagine if I always think if I'd stuck with that brand woulda coulda shoulda didn't but like what could that be now mm. but that, that wasn't my path and I think now probably for good reason but like I was never really passionate about fashion it was just fucking working so that brand ended up doing probably 150 200 grand in revenue over like a few months and that's when Ollie then jo- had joined you by this yeah, point yes Ollie had joined yeah. and then I think it only ran for like four or five months after that point and then I don't know what it was it was a combination of things Ollie one was like was just too busy like being a fucking degenerate at uni like the year <laughs> below me I'd already checked out mentally at uni I think I'd already dropped out at this point without telling my parents and also we, we actually had we got sued I remember some we didn't have the trademark and it's called Dusk and I, I don't remember the exact specifics but they basically said you can't keep selling with this name all the stock had the fucking brand name on couldn't sell it I think we sold it out with like a, a sale just to get rid of the stock and fucking basically like parted ways with like no money. So like it was just a learning experience. Yeah. So yeah. we just got fucked. You so, can't beat those experiences though. Yeah, 100%. So that happened. Um, and then this would bring us to like mid 2017. And this is where I was like, well, fuck it. I'm fully left out of uni now. I don't actually even remember like what the exact specific situation was, but I went traveling in Europe by myself literally by myself to like Germany fucking Spain Italy a few other places because I was just like I just need to fucking be exposed to some shit that isn't my parents living room and I was like fuck this so I started going travelling by myself my old YouTube channel has all these vlogs on by the way like 150 videos from this period is that still live? yeah yeah still live (laughs) a lot of it it's actually quite nostalgic looking back did that for a while I started like a bunch of drop shipping stores at this point because I like started to work out Facebook ads from from the clothing brand. So I went back to dropshipping, which is kind of ironic. So I was kind of branding before I actually scaled dropshipping. But I was just like, I don't really have any money. I don't really know what I want to do next. I don't really want to do a fashion brand again. So let's just fucking do dropshipping. I think I, had, I set up a leggings store again. I remember this because I was like, well, I did the leggings before, but now I figured out Facebook ads. So I was running that. I don't remember the sort of scale I was doing. 
maybe it was like 30 grand a month revenue making a few grand profit like it was fine I was like I was in Ibiza in a hostel fucking loving life I actually slept on a roof one night I remember because I couldn't fucking afford to pay for the next night or some bullshit cash flow issues but <laughs> then I guess yeah pretty much full time travelled then went to Singapore in 2017 this is like what, what properly kicked like kicked on like my I guess development like networking and shit went to an event called the e-commerce world summit which is literally what it's called with like it was a, it was literally hosted by a bunch of like black hat scam artists looking back but I met a guy called Jordan there he was doing like a million a month drop shipping he was like 18 at the time he's now one of my best mates he runs a brand called Gleaming I've mentioned him a few times and a bunch of other guys and like it was a knock-on effect and I was like fuck there's other people that are like me yeah mate honestly just on that like I think that's such a great point like the butterfly effect I'm such a believer in it like just doing shit because it could just you know alter the path of your the rest of your life in terms of like who you meet this happens that happens and I think like one trend that I'm just seeing here is that like you just put yourself in uncomfortable situations and I think like being comfortable is fucking dangerous especially when you're young the fact that you're like at that age just fucking go traveling by yourself and all this kind of shit I think that's that stuff makes you and like actually putting yourself in those situations where you are genuinely uncomfortable that that really fucking develops you not only as in terms of like fucking being the butterfly effect and like you say the ripple effect but in terms of just you know training yourself to be in those kind of positions oh 100 percent like this it's actually deep looking back like i get so like nostalgic like especially as i'm getting older but yeah like i went to that event and i was like for the first time in my life Again, fucking go go look go look back at my Instagram. Like I met a guy called James Beatty who was who was big in the space, particularly at the time on like YouTube. I'm not sure what he's oh, doing yeah, right I now. Remember him. He was like an OG, yeah, yeah, like yeah. probably the OG in like the kind of guru YouTube space. Um, a bunch of other guys from like, different countries and shit. And I was like, wait a minute, like pff, fucking like leave the leave the old the old past behind. Like this is what the sort of shit I want to be involved in. Like. And then I guess kind of speeding forward a little bit because it's a long story. Like I basically spent the next nearly two years like full time traveling, and this was like legendary times. It's like full drop shipping. Went to Bali for the first time. Went to like Philippines. Went to America like a bunch of times. Went to Thailand like three times. Bali again like three times. Europe for a while. Like lived in Barcelona twice for like two to two months. Never learned Spanish, but like fucking legendary times. Um, lived in Bali for a while. I, I class lived as like if I was there for a month or more. I think that's kind of fair. So like short term living, like very nomadic. The laptop was fucking life. great. And were you with people at this point then? Like did you met? Yeah, so I'd like formed yeah, a group yeah. at this point. So I'd come back to like my parents' house in between for maybe like a few weeks here and there. But. I couldn't remember every trip off, off my head now, but like, go look at the fucking YouTube. It was like literally like 2017, 18, start of 19. It was like flat out travel. Was drop shipping. So I was still working. Like it wasn't like all just fucking like Monday to Friday was still like I would work in like, effectively WeWorks. It probably wasn't WeWork at the time, but like co-work spaces, all that shit. Got drop shipping to like, I think 800 grand a month at one point. I probably, I probably did over those two years, maybe like 6 million in revenue made like half a million quid profit probably something like that so it's like slim margins but I was like fucking making money money I was yeah I was I was honestly rolling in it looking back given how young I was like which sounds ridiculous to say but if I if I knew about like Ethereum back then mate I'd have 40 million quid right now I promise you like we all look back at crypto yeah it could have would have should (laughs) have but yeah I guess like started fucking spending a bit of money for the first time because of like 
bought my first Rolex and shit when I was 21. I remember I bought an Audi R8 when I was 22. Like that was like, I felt like a fucking king. I can't lie. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting point here because I think there's like, could be people listening that get their first like glimpse of those fucking big checks and like those, you know, that money in the bank kind of thing. What, in hindsight, what did you learn from that from fucking buying and you know going through that period of like maybe spending a lot of money on materialistic oh, things yeah. you know what your what advice do you have on that yeah so for a start like the, the only things i spent money on were i guess travel and like hotels and shit and then cars which is actually stupid as fuck because i've just said that i spent two years traveling but i was literally i would buy a fancy car <laughs> leave it at my parents house drive it around the country and then fucking sell it for a while before i moved to london but we'll get onto that so, yeah, like to be completely transparent, I remember I was probably 22 with half a million quid in the bank at one point and like, like business bank. And you actually think about that, that's fucking mental. Yeah, that is mental. I, I, didn't, I didn't even realise I'm at, and granted there's probably fucking 18 years watching that. But how did that dick like- Dick swinging contest, the, their TikTok dropshippers or whatever. But for me, like, I thought I'd fucking made it to be honest. And, and like, and it, was, it was definitely, I was doing cool shit and I'd grafted for many years to get to that point. But it was an unheard of level of freedom, really. Like, it was a pretty fucking sick life. Like, I was staying in, like, five-star hotels on points, travelling, like, first-class flights. I was full-time travelling with the boys, living in Bali, fucking meeting girls, meeting new mates and shit. It was a great time. What did that do, like, to your ego? It's a deep question, but... Yeah, I probably thought I was invincible to an extent. I mean... that got even worse later on, not worse, but more pronounced later on, which we'll probably get on to briefly. But yeah, I, I remember that period. Um, definitely. I, I don't regret any of that. Like people say, oh, do you wish you'd fucking invested a lot of money instead of buying cars and shit? I, absolutely not. Yeah, no, because I agree. Because some of the stories I have, system. like some of the stories I have, I honestly think I've got more stories and it's a bit bold claim, but like I can't think of anyone that's my age that's seen as much shit as I have. And just from like, I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but I just mean like I created like, I wanted I wanted to fucking see the world and do cool shit. And I did all that. And not all of it, you know, it's still fucking place I want to go and shit. But certainly like at a young age, it was a pretty mad lifestyle. And I probably didn't even realise how unusual that was. Um, because all my mates were doing it. Yeah. And it became normal. It's a bubble, isn't it? Very much, yeah. So that... That period went on. Um, I ultimately ended up moving to London in like April 2019, which is kind of like the next chapter in my head. And at that point, like, and this is probably a point worth making, like drop shipping was becoming harder and harder and harder. Probably similar mm. to what I predict what happened with like TikTok organic drop shippers. A lot of which probably- There's always probably that thing this. in there. Like- Facebook feedback score came out overnight. Like it was harder to run ads. And I basically, I saw this coming for a few months and I was like, right, we need to go back to building a brand, building something that's like more- more legitimate. Not that dropshipping wasn't legitimate, but ultimately you're shipping a shitty product from China. Like some people are happy. Most people probably think it's all right. And just, you know, don't want a refund. Like that's what dropshipping is. I've just been real. Like it's not the same as building a brand. So then I was like, fuck it. I've got a load of money, a bit of experience and I want to build a brand again. So moved to London. So also at this point I was a bit, I was a bit sick of traveling. I was like, it's a classic case with the grass is greener. Like if you do something for two years, it gets a bit old. And I was like, I want to have more of an established base, still travel now and then. That's when I met Fred from Sanucci, who fucking everyone wants to get on the pod, happening soon. Um, moved into a place in Kensington with him and another guy and basically like built this hustle house set up. I was a bit more like, fuck, I want to focus on work rather than just like, 
enjoying myself a bit less, but fucking focus on mm. building the next thing. Built built Midnight City at this point. Oh, like the next year, got it to like a million quid in the first year. Great. That was like, almost felt easy because I'd done it before. And I, and I think probably even building a brand was actually easier three years ago than it is now. Because mm. ads were still a lot cheaper, a lot less competition, certainly in jewellery. Um, I mean, I guess everyone kind of knows this part of the story. 2020, fucking launched Neon Beach at the start of that. 2020 was a mad what, year. Just just on that, because I think the one like gap there from my it's such knowledge, a long timeline in my head. It's yeah, a seven year story. Like the you, like you just flew over Midnight City there, which is obviously fucking very successful jewellery brand. Like you said, it kind of kind of came before that whole like era of. You yeah, know, those kind of jewelry products that were coming out and all, all that shit. But when obviously that you were killing it with uh, that brand, so why did you then make the decision to start Neon Beach? Like, what? Yeah, this is the thing. Like, I I don't know many people that have like started brands in many different industries. I think that's probably like the fairly unique skills that I have, particularly with like having now doing it in a completely different one again. But like maybe that's my downfall I haven't focused on one thing but yeah so I wasn't passionate about jewellery I built it was a fucking good business um, at its peak it was doing like 300 grand a month making like 60 net profit a month like fuck it's a great business that like, I wasn't really that focused on it I was just bored and I was like I started Neon almost as like a a bit of a joke mm. and then that scaled ridiculously quick like more than anything I've ever heard of and have seen and probably ever will see um so then obviously 2020 was running both fucking scaled way too quick like 2020 was probably a gold mine for a lot for everyone in e-commerce to yeah. an extent to be honest but then it ended up being also the fucking straw that broke the camel's back for me because all that scale meant there was other problems with supply chains and shit which xyz that, that fucking story happened um but yeah like mid 2020 just i probably thought I was invincible because mm, I was like, fuck. Interesting. Uh, I, I, it's pretty unusual. Like I, I killed the drop shipping stuff, started a brand and killed it. At least, I, you know, relatively. I started another brand that had killed it again. And I was running two. Like at one point, the business was doing like 200 grand a month EBITDA like at its peak, like on like 1.5 million revenues. It was a fucking big business. And yeah, in the first half of 2020, the business did like 600 grand in profit. And I'm there thinking, like, fucking hell, I'm being a millionaire this year, like, properly. So, so, and, like, yeah, that was fucking, that was the reality of the situation. So I went a bit silly with, like, bought a fucking Ferrari and a Range Rover, living in this penthouse, which is over there, which is fucking sick, by the way. We had some legendary parties in there. Like, <laughs> probably some of the biggest fucking scenes I've ever seen. Like, no one, no one does that shit, but we were doing it. So, yeah, it was mad, mad time. Um, with that, everyone in the house scaling and shit. Like what, with that situation then, with like Neon Beach, because obviously very fucking unlucky, but like you said, there was a level of like feeling you were invincible. What do you think, you know, you can hold yourself accountable for in that situation? I know it's like a bit of a deep situation, a deep question, but like you looking back now, obviously you were very unlucky in the situation, but if you felt like you were invincible, what do you think you maybe got carried away with or could have done differently? other than like scaling too quickly. Yeah, I mean, again, like the two brands are very different. Like there was never any problems with Midnight. So that was always a solid business and still is. And they're both still running by the way anyway. But I think probably because Neon scaled so quick and I, and I honestly thought I can make a hundred million quid from this in the next like three years. Like that, that was my mind. 
because I thought, you know, build this to be like the number one brand in that space and just fucking get an exit. Um, especially because like the conversations I was having, like, I was speaking to like, I was in Universal fucking music's offices like one month in, they wanted to do like a 1975 tour merch shit. That never ended up happening because of COVID. And I was thinking like fucking dollar signs are flashing. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is mad. But I was probably more interested in it creatively than monetarily, ironically. But um, yeah, I think because that grew so quick, I then probably thought, because like the previous year I'd done like a million in revenue. I'd, I'd done more than that dropshipping by that point, like much more than that. But then I probably thought, you know, instead of maybe thinking, oh, let's try and do three or four this year from like my brands, which would have been way more impressive than the same dropshipping anyway. But I think I just thought, fuck it, let's just see how far we can go like it was a fucking big operation yeah actually quite mad like this would be like a great like case study for like I don't know university students in the future how well is it doing now do you know anything about it the brand now it's still running it's it's not running the same scale that whole market is not running the same scale Mm. I know more brands in that space that I know for a fact are struggling I think it was the perfect product for that year because it was covid People just buying shit and for it's their an indoor house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like exactly. That. Massive AOB, very little competition initially. But yeah, fucking twenty twenty was a very so like yeah, it was a very good year. Um, I probably thought I was invincible. Looking back now, like some of the shit I did was stupid. Like, why did I need to fucking change? I had this green Audi R eight, which I fucking love. Still the best car I've ever had. Why did I need to upgrade that to a convertible Ferrari? completely just being like a arrogant little cunt that probably just wanted people to look at me it's just that I love cars but you know looking back now I wouldn't do that again I wouldn't be like smashing and grabbing so much I was just always like there needs to be more there needs to be more I think that's just natural though isn't it it's like you probably looking at yourself five years before that and then looking at yourself at that point there's always that thing where you always want more and more and more and that's like the difficulty and that's kind of what I'd like to come on to a bit later when we talk a bit more about space goods and like talking about this fucking massive exit. Um, you know, there's always that feeling of wanting more and it's like when you hear these mad stories of, I know this is like a bit of a mad tangent, we'll get on track, back on track in a, in a sec, but with it's like celebrities when you hear these like mad sex stories where they're like pissing on each other and like shitting on each other. Yeah. Like they always need that 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 higher level of stimulation because you know they're so used to getting that thing that they need more and more and more yeah it's, it's the so same true. thing when you're like buying flashy shit like suddenly it becomes the norm and you just need that next feeling yeah oh it's so true I, I actually have a note in my phone and i remember this because of what you just said i have a note in my phone from maybe may 2020 when i was still at that green audi r8 which is a fucking sick car by the way and I remember writing it and I think I wrote something along, along the lines of because I, the context was I'd gone out for a drive which I used to just do now and then by myself or with mates or whatever just to like drive my car in the sun and I remember stopping and thinking fuck wait a minute this brings me no pleasure anymore like, it was kind of deep I actually wrote a note in my phone yeah, I don't know exactly deep. what it says I'll try and find out after this or something and it was like you cannot and it was something like material things can only bring you so much fulfilment yeah. and it will always end the only true fulfillment is from living things. It was something like that. It was kind of deep. Basically, I was saying like, you just, it's it's empty. And it, the next level will only tickle that fancy for a while. I think that's why, and I was chatting to 
Uh, I had on my podcast ex CFO of Tesco, like fucking mad career, like WH Smith as well, and uh, Thomas Cook and some huge fucking corporate companies. And mm. he, like, we we were we were chatting like literally about that as well. And it's 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 he was kind of saying and making this point of you know you always get that feeling through materialistic when you need more and more so what's important is that you find your anchor point like what genuinely you believe believe as a person and then when you're going through your career and these things can take you off track like fucking when you make a certain amount of money your ego can go off piece slightly and it makes you do x y and z like buy a certain car or do this you know it can change what you do but if you have that anchor point and you know your purpose and and you know what your meaning is i know that's fucking deep shit but then you can kind of re-anchor yourself back to that and i think that's quite important yeah exactly and and so true and like i see it so often i and like again I keep saying like kids on Twitter and shit but like that's where these people congregate like younger people like in the e-com space or whatever and I just see so much of myself and then there'll be like a 19 year old as someone I'm thinking of right now like a 19 year old buying like a Cartier watch like a diamond watch and I'm thinking it, you haven't you haven't been through it yet <laughs> so just fucking go through it come out maybe when you're 24 25 and realise that you don't none of it matters but I think you need to go, like you say, you look at that and you know that it's a mistake, but people need to go through that shit. Yeah. You saying that isn't going to change someone oh, wanting that watch. It's just funny because like, yeah, funny how your perspective changes as you get older and probably more than just get older, get more experienced because it's time in the fucking game, I suppose, that teaches you shit, not necessarily just age. Right then, fellas, quick one. First official sponsor for the Midnight Pod, Triple Whale. If you want to track your econ metrics properly, all your KPIs, all your dashboards, all your blended ROAS, all that good shit in an easy-to-understand dashboard, as well as proper post-iOS 14 pixel tracking. Know your real numbers, because I didn't in the past, and I got it very wrong. Know where to spend more money, know where to spend less money, all the shit that's going to drive your brand forward. It's what I use every day in my new brands, in the past brands. It's what all the guys on the pod running super successful businesses use as well, and it's what you should be using. TripleWhale.com. Go click the link below, check it out and use my link. Support the fucking pod. Let's go, boys. Yeah, I think on that point, it's, it's interesting because it's almost, you could look at, you know, being devil's advocate, you could look at what's happening now with space goods and your vision for that. And, you know, I've heard you say a few times about you want this fucking mad 100 mil, nine figure, billion pound exit, which, you know, I'm sure you'll fucking do. But what difference is you know, the materialistic goal of that to, you know, the, when you're slightly younger, the materialistic goal of getting, say, an RA, like how, what, what feeling is that going to give you different to, you know, what this, what that gave you at a younger age, but just at a greater scale? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I say these things, I, I spoke about this in a previous part that hasn't gone out yet. When you're younger, it starts with like I guess the more obvious and what seems in hindsight like stupid things like literally a car because that's the only you haven't had you haven't, there's no reference point yet like that's the thing you wanted when you were kids so you're like fuck I'll, I'll try and get that and I need money to get that basically and then I guess it becomes more about freedom and like I just want to you know you need money to, for freedom and that's kind of a focus point but yeah I suppose to like and I, I still want to build like a billion pound business even though I've fucking been I've been stressed just getting to like the 10 mil level um, 
but it's not about like personal wealth as such it's way more about just fucking impact and shit because mm. I think that's what does and will fulfill me I think it's doing it as well with a brand that has meaning to you and is solving a yeah. problem for you yeah and can solve a problem for other people yeah exactly like the shit I'm working on now is, is way more I think it's way more impactful it's way more exciting than ultimately anything I did before yeah fact so and I think it's important like it's a great point because even the, I've learned this from an econ brand I started like if you don't build something that isn't solving a problem for yourself you know when you come to that first hurdle and you're you're not ultimately passionate about it because you can't get behind it to the same level as if it's solving a problem for you and it's a product for you then it's much harder to pass that next hurdle yeah 100% agree so yeah I guess we've kind of jumped into space goods did you want to yeah let's go back a little bit then so if if we're doing it chronologically we don't have to do it chronologically but I think let's let's go back let's just go back slightly then because obviously we got to the point with Neon Beach where it was all going well yeah there's no point probably running over that whole story again because I guess this kind of 2020 from that point go and watch episode one I suppose yeah. but we can run over it I mean briefly but just a quick synopsis of like for someone who maybe hasn't heard yeah. episode one just very like fucking one minute yeah in one minute so <laughs> gets to like the end of 2020 so the business did like just shy of 10 million pounds in revenue in 2020 from a fucking bedroom which is well not a bedroom a kitchen but like that's actually mad if you think about it and there were two like brands that I mean, granted, one of them was like semi-dropshipping, but whatever. Still pretty fucking big scale for like a 24-year-old in the kitchen. I didn't even think about that at the time. Didn't have any really advice around me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. First point is I'd structured both the brands under the same company, which was a very expensive lesson, number one. So then I, tr- I went to sell Midnight City, but long story short, I got greedy, didn't sell it, and then later on couldn't sell it because basically fucking had a supplier go bankrupt, had scaled way too hard, Q4 comes around. We've got an ITV campaign on primetime television. So like business was doing like one and a half million a month in sales. Long story short, like 2 million quid's worth of orders basically disappear. I've already paid for them. The supplier's having problems. Everyone finds out that I'm the the owner, the founder. So obviously all all the buck is with the brand rather than the supplier, even though they'd been paid up front. Fucking long story. Bad decision. Um, yeah, it basically became fucking hell very quickly when two million quid's worth of orders got disappearing, especially at 300 pound OV. So yeah, it combined with the business being like financially fucked pretty quickly, I also got like social media fucked for about six months. So like yeah, pretty lethal combination. I don't personally know of any worse situation like entrepreneurially that I've ever heard of. I mean, I'm sure there are some, but certainly for like a 24-year-old guy at the time, like that really really pushed me to the fucking edge it's like a big contrast from like fucking like you said feeling like you're on top of the world oh I felt like I didn't want to be in the world yeah to then that how did you deal with that like switch up because that's fucking didn't very near didn't deal with it basically I fucking hated my life for a long time and felt like fucking killing myself to be honest like that is how bad it got like again I spoke about this in episode one whatever but (laughs) on reflection even now like yeah it was a bad time like I, I, I hope most people never have to go through anything remotely similar because some people on like Twitter and shit have said that I'm exaggerating how bad it was I guarantee you I'm underplaying how bad it was in every single mm. way in, in any content I put out because like yeah I mean obviously experiences are different for everyone but 
yeah, it was fucking horrible, to be honest. One um, thing you didn't mention in episode one that I would it's a bit just... a blur, to be fair, because I, I think it was that painful that yeah. my mind has almost tried to erase it. Well, like... Because I, I, a tweet you actually put, like, really resonated with me, and it's before I think I ever met you, and I didn't really know who you were, but you kind of mention about fucking anxiety and depression and shit like that. And it's stuff I've gone through as well. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through, but they don't actually talk about it. Like what did, from your perspective, like how did you get over that? Like, you know, cause obviously it was shit for a long time, but anyone going through that shit now, like what advice do you have? Like for getting out, coming out the other side? Well, this is going into an, an, a whole other thing, which can probably bring me on to like the new branded shit. I spoke about this a bit in the episode with Iman which is like the most viewed episode by fucking far. But yeah, so like, there's probably another opportunity to speak about. I think, and, and the interest of just being fucking Europe's most transparent man, I would say <laughs> my, my entire life, regardless of Neon Beach, whatever, probably mental health and dealing with issues there has probably been the biggest challenge in my life for, from when I was 10 years old. So to give some context on that, like when I was 16, I used to feel depressed, like, which might sound fucking extreme, but... I would tell my parents I wanted to kill myself when I was like 15, 16 years old, which is not normal behavior. No. So there was something there. Um, and then fucking like went to therapy and shit when I was like 16. And then it would come in waves. Mm. And I'll get onto the context why I'm saying this in a minute. So then I also went through a period of that like in when I was like 19. So like I was on antidepressants for like six months wouldn't fucking recommend them by the way which again we can get on to why I'm fucking building this next brand in a second and then yeah I just and by the way like I know fucking loads of people go through this shit and I think a lot of people downplay it that like people that maybe are lucky enough then that's the right word to have never really like if people think like depression isn't real then you're obviously lucky enough to never deal with it mm-hmm. by definition otherwise why would you say it Yeah, and if exactly. you have been through it you, you wouldn't say it so and like there's a billion different factors of course but I think certain certain people are, as a baseline are more biologically susceptible to mood swings and bad moods and shit and I certainly am like even compared to my brother twin brother he's never really dealt with anything like that but then obviously there's lifestyle factors fucking things that are going on when I was in uni I was probably really lost you know that, that put me in a bit of a hole so then when I started making money and travelling and stuff it probably kind of it made things better because life was good. So like I wasn't as susceptible to like feeling depressed or like having a downturn. Exactly. Well. Yeah. So then when fucking, I sort of dealt with like ups and downs like everyone does, but then when fucking neon happened, that whole shit storm, I feel like it just unearthed like, like a de- more than a decade of like not really dealing with, do, is there like more going on here? I don't know. Long story short, I never spoke about this on the pod before, but then I, I paid for a private psychiatrist like six months ago. And again, it's probably going to get fucking controversial comments and shit. He basically concluded that I'm type two bipolar. So now I actually take an antipsychotic medication, which isn't an antidepressant, but yeah, like I basically went to like fucking, I spent loads of my own money going to a really fancy psychiatrist, basically saying that, look, the way I feel about the world sometimes is not normal. It's just not. Like, regardless mm. of things going well or bad or whatever. And, yeah, like, that was something that fucking answered a lot of questions for me. It kind of answered a lot. It ticked a lot of boxes and was like, all right, whatever. Like, putting labels on things, I don't know, whatever. People have different opinions on that. I, I'm not, doesn't have to define you or whatever. But, like, I was kind of glad for them to say, like, and again, I don't even know how the fuck you like ultimately you know if someone answered the right questions on a test could they also be bipolar and they're not I don't know but 
yeah, it, like bipolar is a legitimate thing. Like Elon Musk, I think is bipolar. Stephen Fry is famously bipolar. Like fucking go Google it. Uh, it basically just means you're very susceptible to very highs and very up, very high ups and very low downs, which has been the story of my life to be fair, because yeah. there's been periods in my life where I'll fucking feel like I'm on top of the world. I'll go and spend a load of money and do stupid shit. But like if you read the fucking symptoms of like bipolar, whatever, it's like classic shit. Like being a high risk cunt, which I would always call myself. But then periods of like literally feeling like I want to kill myself but never doing it, but really thinking about it like a lot. I think, I feel like, uh, yeah. So fun. yeah, that was a fucking bombshell. So I'm officially, apparently, whatever the fuck you want to call it, type two bipolar, which means, yeah, I just have, I'm very susceptible to ups and downs, but there are obviously ways to deal with it, which I fucking get on to. But Regardless like whether people fucking think way too much information. it's real or not, well, it's like, you know, commendable to fucking bring that up because I, I didn't know that. Um, but... I think regardless of what people think on that, like self being self-aware enough to know that there is something going on, you know, you can brand it or you don't have to. I think therapy is fucking great personally. Like I've done it in yeah. the past and it was great for me yeah, when same. I was going through depression. Like, and I, I heavily recommend it. I mean, we said before we started this, like this for you is a form is of therapy. therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now you're in the hot seat. Yeah, it's fucking hot as well with this new light. Um, but what did, so then on that note then, like, during that time, what did that look like when you were coming out of that hole? Like, how did you get there? Because people, people yeah, go through shit so, and there's... Yeah, it was such stark contrast, like, last year compared to 2020. So, like, yeah, the, the reason I was saying, just giving context on, like, firstly, whatever, fucking bipolar or not, like, for me, it made a lot of sense. But, I don't know, maybe it's helpful for me, me sharing that I don't know I'm fucking officially something wrong with me like aren't we all but that takes a lot of boxes for me so like some people are more susceptible to ups and downs is what I'm saying I'm definitely one of them and entrepreneurship has probably partly caused that but certainly accentuated it because of the high highs and low lows and I went from many years of ultimately like obviously there's ups and downs but like fucking crushing life in my opinion like probably thought nothing could ever go wrong and then when things went disgustingly wrong almost to like a like a documentary level. Um, yeah, that put me in an absolute hole. And like, l- looking back now, I probably cite two, again, like I called the first pod, like I think self-made business to rock bottom. So like, I would cite there being like two key rock bottom moments last year, which are a bit different. And then I'll get on to how I fucking got out of them. But like the first one was when the business went to shit and I knew that I was fucking going to have to basically disarm ownership a bit to fucking put everything right and lose a business I'd built for fucking ages or I thought, I thought was going to make you know fucking millions and millions from that was in like March 2021 then after that kind of the dust settled like solved that problem worked with the guys that bought me out for a while um, and that was kind of a weird stage in my life as well because it's a bit like I don't want to be doing this but I'm doing this for now because I have to so that was pretty tough um the probably more like deep rock bottom point was actually just after I started the pod in like probably October of last year because I'd officially decided I wasn't going to keep working with them. I'd sold the remainder of my shares, got a decent bit of cash out to be fair. It wasn't like, can't fucking cry about it. But I mean, compared to what I thought I was going to make, I can cry about it, but it was the best of a shit situation. Um, and that was when I spoke about, I could have stayed, got a big salary, gone work with these guys, whatever, to like probably 99.9% of society. That'd be the fucking dream at 25. But I was like, fuck that. I'd rather lock myself in a room again and figure out what's next, which is kind of what happened. And then, 
yeah, so at that point, and there's a video on my phone, by the way, which I'm planning on releasing when it's a year from that day. Mm. Because it was a video of me just speaking to camera. I think like October, maybe mid-October, late October 2021. So I'd just broken up with a girlfriend, which again, I'm not going to speak about, but everyone <laughs> fucking knows about that. That just happened. I was in this flat alone. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing next? Like, I've got mm. a load of experience. To be fair, to be fair like, the thing I, ha- I had most of, and I still had money. I didn't have fucking millions and millions, but I had a lot of experience and a lot of connections. Can't put so a price on You experience. can't put a price on, on, that, on either of those things. Like, they're fucking invaluable. Like, I, I couldn't trade those for 20 million quid. Like, they're way more valuable in my opinion. Fact. So, yeah. And, and that was like, so bear in mind, I'm fucking... 25 at this point been in the game like six years and I'm thinking what the fuck am I doing next like I don't I felt like I didn't have anything to show for it which isn't true because I had experience I'd fucking lived a wonderful I'd still built shit but like I thought fuck you know I thought by now I'd be genuinely retired which is a fucking other issue together because you're never going to retire but yeah this this is only like what seven eight months ago now and so how long was that like I went back to the drawing board so and, and, and this was like pure fucking, in my mind, like the worst I'd ever felt about myself and my life. Because I think there's probably nothing harder to deal with than thinking you've made it and then have feeling like you've had almost all of it taken away from you. Yeah. Like that's fucked. That's way harder than just having never made it. I think as well, like to make it that even harder is like the element of purpose. Like when you don't have purpose at all, anything to like attach your I day-to-day have to work on. Yeah, that's, that's why what I, I mean. the pod. Yeah, because I was like, well, that I'm, gave, I knew I'd build gave the you next thing. Attached you, your next. Yeah, so fucking, that's quite mad, really, because I've definitely pulled myself out of that hole. But how did I do it? I suppose the first thing was just knowing that I was basically either going to fucking kill myself or become a legendary entrepreneur. In my in, in my head, there was like the two options, and maybe they weren't as black and white as that. But in a way, that's kind of how I felt. It was like I can either fucking give up and become a little bitch and probably just top myself or be close to it or I can fucking go back to the drawing board and become like the fucking beast that I know I'm capable of becoming and that's like a you have to look yourself in the mirror and fucking decide mm. like sounds flipping and shit but that's literally how I felt and this isn't even that long ago so like anyone that watches the pod and looks up to me and shit I've probably been to a lower place than you I mean like statistically and if anyone feels the same like you can fucking change it and then I felt like you know, hopefully, and, and I believe it will, this will be one of the greatest ever, like, fucking turnaround stories, in a way. And granted, there's probably much bigger scale ones, whatever, but... And I was like, fuck, I'm just going to make it... It's going to be a great story in five years' time, when, like, I bounce back like a fucking phoenix. So, that. yeah, started working on the brand, went back to the fucking drawing board. Well, I wasn't working on the brand at the time. I was working on what am I going to do next? And I've kind of told this story a bit, but I was like, yeah, I want to do something that's... I guess mental health had probably had the biggest like painful impact on my life at that point. I was like, fuck, I don't want to feel this way. I dabbled in like psychedelics in the past and I probably was doing it a bit more then because I was like, fuck, I was more interested in it because yeah, I I know it helped me in the past and there's a lot of research going on. It's like microdosing and stuff. So like fundamentally before any fucking product, like I, I decided I want to do something that can have a fucking impact because I want to feel better about helping people like I guess the way it started is like I want to help people that maybe have been through similar terrible periods in, in their life and certain things have helped them um, 
so that's kind of where it started but yeah so like what did that what did that process of like finding the next thing look like because it's it's quite unique that being in a position where you you know you weren't doing anything else necessarily um to then thinking what that next brand is because sometimes it's that's the hardest time to think of that next idea when you're forcing yourself to yeah honestly like it comes down to like that i'm pretty confident you can lock me in a room and like give me some capital and resources or whatever and like within like a few months i'll i'll build like a multi-million pound brand in any industry i truly believe i could do that and i, I think that's quite an unusual skill set and again i'm not downplaying anyone else because most of my mates have done way bigger numbers in one space than me but the one thing i'm definitely better at i think and, and credit myself for is i think i could do it in any space I can, I can zero to one I think I'm very very good like probably better than most people including people I know that have done bigger numbers than me but like the idea to making something happen I think I'm very good at it's the next bit that I need to fucking get better at sticking out with something for like 10 years to build it to mm. fucking 100 million plus or whatever but yeah I, I went back to the drawing board did what I'd done a billion times and fucking you start brainstorming shit like and I guess it, yeah it took it took a while i was like well i wanted to, it started with a few logical things i want to do something with a high gross margin subscription so consumable um you know a few obvious things i, I want it to be easy to post so i don't want to fucking do neon signs again because i knew that had been a problem and then beyond that probably the biggest thing was i want it to be in a potentially like world changing industry and something that has something that i believe you know is on the up basically like so it's effectively a trend but even bigger than that it's probably a movement um, and then I was like, well, it's going to be a supplement of some sort. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. I, can't, I don't even know. It's always funny looking back because you can't recall what you thought at the time. Yeah, yeah. But I remember just thinking, wait a minute. I fucking, I've always been interested in like nootropics and psychedelics as well. And, and I was like, I think there's the perfect opportunity for me to build a brand that's like perfectly aligned, like Ikigai, like something you're good at, passionate about, can make money from, can have an impact from, I think it's like the things. Like all those things align. And then I was like, wait a minute, let's fucking build like a mushroom supplement brand with the long-term view of building a consumer psychedelics wellness business. And I truly feel like that is probably what I've been put on fucking earth to do if, if we really have to get like deep about it. But I never felt that about jewelry or fucking neon signs. And it's a classic case of now I truly believe everything happened for a fucking reason. But maybe that's just my inner romantic making a beautiful story out of a very mundane situation. But that's a useful way to look at it and it's how I look at it now and now I, I genuinely hand on heart I'm more excited about this than the other brands I've done in the past I, I think it's infectious the fact that you actually are passionate about it and it's you're solving a problem for yourself I think it genuinely that is fucking the key to like building a successful brand yeah yeah so like ultimately like I said like the whole the bigger impactful vision is really I, I want to bring like microdosing and shit has helped me. Granted, it's illegal, blah, blah, blah. So I've only ever done it in Amsterdam. Um, and then, you know, I've seen, I, I've, I'm very aware of all the research going on. Like there's clearly a cultural change pending in that space. I, I believe psychedelics are the next CBD. And that's why I think this can be a billion pound brand. I really, 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 really do. Um, and if that never happens, by the way, if that renaissance never happens, the legislation never changes, it's, it can still be a hundred million pound fucking supplement business. Yeah, because it, even then, like, you know, like lion's mane mushroom, all that sort of shit. I, I've noticed a massive trend with that. Like, I was stacking a bunch of supplements basically in terms of like the actual product process. 
I can't swallow tablets, right? I have this. I cannot swallow tablets. That, that's the first thing. So I have this weird childhood trauma. Don't know what it was. I think I choked on a paracetamol when I was seven or some bullshit. Can't swallow tablets. I was like, first I was stacking a bunch of supplements. That's the first thing. Secondly, all the supplements in kind of in this nootropic space, mushrooms that I was, I was interested in, were generally in tablet form, very like medicinal rather than luxury, enjoyable, etc. And I was like, well, let's put all these things, all these ingredients just into one fucking product that isn't a powder. What's the product? Obviously, a, sorry, it isn't a powder, it isn't a tablet. Put it into a powder because it's versatile. Knew nothing about how to fucking make this shit at this point. Very much was learning on, on the job. But again, that's like an attitude thing. Like I was like, I'll fucking figure it out. Now I know a shitload about nutrition and how to make products because when you do something, you fucking learn. It's right. like that funny thing because no one knows anything until you start. And as I said, nothing exists until you fucking create it. Mm. which is like a beautiful romantic slogan but it's very 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 true and it was very true for me as well because I was sat on nothing and then you it, uh, that's that's the most beautiful thing about entrepreneurship is the alchemy of turning an idea in fact turning nothing then into an idea then into a real thing then into a business that can fucking serve and change people's lives yeah I think you're like the epitome of like just action fucking action on shit it's such a it's such a good point you just mentioned there about you didn't fucking know anything about that space you've got a lot of kind of experience in terms of you know business increments and you know how to build build brands drop shipping etc etc like Facebook ads but you know the, the, it's still kind of very much new territory to you it's just that thing of just fucking getting in the deep end and learning yeah Again, I'm just really not sure if that's like genetic or what, but like, I think you gotta fucking love the game. I just like fucking making shit. It's all I exist for, and like, it's all not all I exist for, but like, I couldn't breathe if I wasn't building my own shit. So, what did the like creative process look like with Space Goods? Because I think it's it's obviously a very visual product. I mean, like with us, we do a lot of branding. There's this thing called like System One versus System Two thinking. I don't know if you've heard. No of idea it, what the fuck that is. Um, <laughs> but like, you've naturally done that. So like, basically, it's two different parts of your brain. System One is your you kind of make rapid quick decisions and 80% of our decisions are made through system one system two is like slower more logical decisions but system one is more emotional um so we products and brands want to be more system one focused because you want to just just dive straight into fucking making that decision and through the branding you've done that because it's you're breeding familiarity with something that's very different and very out there um and it's it's very unique in terms of like the branding that you've done what did that design process look so I don't think that's something you've spoken about much <laughs> honestly again I don't even know but I have to say I think it's my best piece of branding work I've ever done I think I think the brand is fucking good like if I do I, and again fucking arrogant whatever I just it is good like but it's good because I've spent years trying shit and being shit and then average and then quite good and then okay I, I think it's probably I think it's one of the coolest new brands I've ever seen and like, and again, that might sound terribly arrogant because it's my thing, but I just do. Like, I think something just clicked for me in terms of the whole space, the product, the aesthetic. I suppose to answer the question, like, I don't know, like, I'm a pretty good designer. Like, often I don't really speak about that. Like, that's what I was good at initially. Like, you call yourself a designer, don't you? I do now because <laughs> I, I try to change the personal brand. I used to say e com entrepreneur, I'm like, designer entrepreneur. But like, yeah, I'm fucking. The whole, yeah, I mean, 
what was the process? I guess it starts with literally like a Pinterest board. Um, the whole pink thing. So I'd always been into pink. Like these posters that I did years and years ago was going to be a canvas brand called Neon Beach, which became Neon Beach, which became obviously fucking start with like pink lights, pink logo. I've always liked pink. Um, I actually think it works really well as well, like because it's pretty like, what's the word? Like gender neutral. Like it appeals mm. to both genders. Like even though it's probably historically a bit more like feminine, but yeah, I just liked pink and that was like, it almost felt like full circle, like bringing the pink back the whole like 80s campaign thing I did was kind of just because I've always loved that aesthetic tried to kind of play on it a bit more with like neon signs I actually think it worked better in this case and and that, that video was fucking genius by the way Brad Shut the up. guy that I worked with fucking wizard on that shit brought, brought my crazy vision to life perfectly um, but yeah the, the, the process is just ideas like you have to have ability and ideas to start with and then especially when like, you're literally producing like people message me like who make, who designed the packaging like, I did everything you see I designed basically well n- not basically literally like I didn't do the product photography for the website and shit like obviously photographers did that but in terms of the brand the product what it looks like the whole aesthetic was all me um, and yeah it's kind of cool to do that because then when you start scaling like the business aspects of it and you start getting sales and shit which we obviously are now doing it's like it's more that in itself is more fulfilling it's like I actually made that from scratch mm. rather than just like granted with like drop shipping you're not really making anything you're just fucking trying to make money like with Midnight City I mean granted I was technically making my own designs but it's kind of just the same as everyone else it's kind of it's effectively white labeling a product like everyone does a fucking Figaro chain whatever then with Neon Beach obviously did the branding and shit but ultimately it's just an LED neon sign that anyone else can sell whereas this is entirely 1 million percent bespoke from scratch like that product does not exist anywhere else like the whole formula is bespoke the dosages are bespoke granted there's similar stuff and I expect probably someone will fucking rip the shit out of it in the next few months but yeah it's, that, that, that's the cool thing about entrepreneurship when granted you need a bit of money and fucking not know how to even start but in like this sort of thing but you can literally make something from scratch yeah. and deliver it to thousands of people that you don't know. That's the beautiful thing about, especially like the early stages of anything. And it's mind-boggling. What I find mad about it, and it's, it's something I've thought about a few times, I'd like to ask you about like retail as well and what your thoughts are there because I can't fucking imagine that product on like the, the shelves of Boots or like fucking Holland and Barrett like that. No, it would definitely just, won't be in either of those. <laughs> I mean, you, it would just stand Selfridges. out. On the, so what, you, you do see it going into retail or...? Yeah, I mean, it's such... It is a very unique aesthetic, like, aesthetically unique product. Um, maybe. I think if it's going to be retail, it'd be, like, Whole Foods, Selfridges, that sort of shit. I, w- I wouldn't even go, like, Waitrose. I think it's, I'm trying to be too, like, premium, cool, unique with it. So, but yeah, I mean, I have no idea about that sort of shit. Um, fucking Jimmy from Hairburst. Um, we speak a lot about the sort of shit. He knows a lot about that. <laughs> maybe. Certainly not for, like, the next year or so. Mm. So how, to see. how much now obviously you've started um, you're well in the trenches how yeah. much do you plan ahead because you know for me anyway when I'm setting fucking goals <laughs> two months down the line shit changes and you're like you know things change all the time and you're reassessing you you know the goalposts change etc are yeah. you setting goals for the brand like do you have like a roadmap there or yeah so the one thing I was very historically not that good at is like organisation like Ollie used to take the piss out of me fucking Ollie from Soul With Us <clears throat> for everyone watching who's on episode 22 whatever um, who's now an investor in the brand as well by the way 
so it's like, again partner. like full fucking circle <laughs> yeah oh and your business partner yeah, yeah, yeah shit yeah. I forget you where it's going now um, yeah, he always used to take the piss at me because I'm like not organised like really shit at hiring and shit I'm probably more of like a I guess more of like creative than an operator you could say but I obviously do have like the foundational principles of like I understand the PL when shit's going well <laughs> I understand fucking supply chain you know to an extent to a good enough extent I'm not retarded like it's not like I'm literally designing logos and can't do the, the other shit I'm good at a lot of stuff but I'm not excellent at a lot of stuff and you need to be excellent you need to have at least try and be excellent at everything to fucking run a good business or at least get people in the art so now with this after like having a while to think about it obviously because everything happened and fucking like a year out of the game I was like well Firstly, I'm not going to do it myself, which is why I raised a bunch of funding to fucking get get those brains involved, which is mm. already paying massive dividends, like massively. Um, but then, yeah, also in my own sense, I was like, well, I need to plan my shit a bit more this time around rather than just like, you know, like with Neon Beach, for example, I would just put another fucking zero on the Instagram ad budget because it was working. Whereas now it's like I could, I could probably scale... I mean, certainly over the next few months, I could probably scale quicker than I'm planning to, but I'm trying to be a bit more planned. And like, I guess this just, this just comes from maturity. It's like, I don't want to do 10 million in the first year, mm. even though I think we probably could if I had the stock and cash flow. I don't want to do 10 mil because I know that that's probably not fucking sustainable in terms of like, well, I say if I had the stock and cash flow, I probably couldn't have the cash flow to scale it that quick without something going wrong is what I'm saying. So... Now it's like way more measured. Um, for the first time in my life, I'm actually setting like monthly goals and shit. Like my Google Drive is fucking organized. I've got like KPIs and shit. Um, I send out a monthly update to my investors because I'm fucking very on top of that shit because I've invested in businesses and they've not communicated with me yeah, at all. Yeah. So like even today, the May update went out with all the KPIs, all the fucking updates. Nice. All the goals for next month, etc. So it's, it's a lot more organised. I think I'm becoming a better operator than I was. Like the, the biggest single shift in that is realising that a I can't do it all myself. I don't mm. want to do it all myself. And c I'd be fucking retarded to even try because there are people that are so much better than me in probably most areas of the business. Yeah, fact. Like literally, fucking being a good operator and a good leader is. As Stephen Bartlett said it, it's like being a recruiter yeah. you're, you're fucking hiring people it's being self-aware enough to know what you're best at what what other people could be better at and your weaknesses are and then hiring someone that's better at you at that thing yeah and knowing know, still you know, working on it but what the fuck is this Space Goods, spacegoods.com, Rainbow Dust version one, my newest entrepreneurial econ brand venture. I spent six months in the trenches building this shit from scratch. We launched six weeks ago. What's it all about? The next generation wellness brand with a long-term vision to essentially consumerize the pending psychedelic consumer goods market, which might sound absolutely ridiculous. We're not quite there yet. The market's massively illegal. But what is this? Rainbow Dust version one is an all-in-one mushroom and adaptogenic blend designed to unlock your supernatural self. Essentially, experience a sharper focus, sustained energy, and like calm throughout the day. It's an all-in-one powder. Tastes like fucking hot chocolate. Tastes delicious. Works great. Looks great. Feels amazing. Essentially, the broader concept here was to legally imitate a psychedelic microdose and like I said, experience those symptoms. You can mix it with anything, brownies, bake brownies with it, mix it with your coffee, have it without coffee, replace your coffee, put it into a protein shake. It's super fucking versatile. It tastes great. It replaced the stack of supplements I was previously taking, but you need to try this shit. It would definitely change the way you work, get you into that deep workflow. 
I obviously think that myself. Plenty of a thousand plus first customers think the exact same shit. It's not just a pretty packaging. It actually works really fucking well. Keto, vegan, all that good shit. Trust me, you need to try it for yourself. Let's scale the shit to the moon. Spacegoods.com. Get on your Rainbow Dust subscription and see how you fucking feel. Let's do it for the boys. Spacegoods.com. you've recognized yourself aware enough you've mentioned this before that you've recognized with even like your past businesses that you've struggled to delegate and that's obviously a really important thing as a business owner how yeah, are you like so much. planning to deal with that <clears throat> with this new business in terms of like hiring you know managing what, what are you doing differently you know i honestly think the hardest thing and again i spoke with other founders about this is knowing where the line is between like delegating but also just fucking hustling and doing shit yourself because you're a startup like you're mm. not going to hire you know 20 people on a payroll when you're in your first month no matter how much fucking funding or experience you have so yeah I think the thing the answer to that at least in my head and again having like super experienced investors and like mentors now which is like not lucky to have but it's, it's, it's the result of years in the game and doing certain shit and networking and stuff. I'm very fortunate to have that. And it makes such a big difference because now I'm basically getting advice on when and who to hire for what shit. So for example, one thing I'm in the process of hiring, so I'm hiring a part-time FD right now. So effectively like one day a month, you know, paying a day rate of like two grand or whatever it is. To just fucking like A, like be massively like so you've got an accountant like management council that's standard shit or have that anyway but like this is more because basically I never used to have like budgets and shit mm. it would just be like you know I feel like there's always a difference between like founder accounting and actual accounting it's like what you think you're making is never what you're making and then even if you are making a lot of money you're not accounting for cash flow you maybe you've missed about liability and all this sort of shit so like because profit doesn't necessarily mean you're in a good position because like I just said, cash flow, stockholding, et cetera, et cetera, particularly in like e-com when you're buying stock. And then also prepping the business up for, and this comes down to like the whole strategic narrative and kind of shit I spoke about before, but prepping the business effectively from day one to have the actual viability to sell for a hundred million quid plus, which has always been the plan, but kind of work backwards from that. And it's only because I've got experience in the game and, and I've had years doing stuff and speaking to people that I even think that way because yeah I never thought that with previous businesses whereas now it's like even shit like and there's so many nuggets I could go into this but like go and watch go and watch the Alex Packham episode who's one of my investors by the way fucking super smart guy sold his business to Adobe for a fuckload of money content cow yeah. yeah so like these are people that have actually done it like they're not some fucking you know dropshipper that's flexing or whatever like they've actually made like big fat fat fuck you money do you know what I mean and it's, it is very different to, the mindset's very different. So like one specific thing that he said to me is like, consistent growth, even if the numbers are smaller, is more attractive than bigger numbers, but actually you stalled the growth because you went too quick and now you're scaling down for a quarter and you know, that sort of shit. I never used to think like that. Mm. So for example, hypothetically speaking, I would rather do you know, 100 grand this month, 150 next month, 175 the month after, 200 the month after, 220 the next month, rather than being like, oh, we've done 100 grand this month, let's try and do 300 next month, and then let's try and do 750 the month after that. It allows you to a hypothesis, 
hypothesize as well and obviously you've been doing that a lot in terms of like feedback and things like that you can adjust you can you know you can relay the foundations necessary to then scale to the next stage i think that's really important because you may go to like a to fucking z before a to b when really there's things that need to be changed at a or b yeah you get there exactly so one of the i feel like gems i dropped and i think it was in fraser's pod that i mentioned before the ultimate I learned the hard way was don't just scale because you can like scale because it makes sense so what I mean by that is that people will see and, it, and I was the exact same oh we're getting a ROAS on fucking Instagram ads let's just 10x the budget and we'll 10x the revenue right and especially when it's like a dropshipping model or hybrid dropshipping model but that's not always the right thing to do because you may not have factored in like oh but that means your fucking customer service requirements five times as much you haven't got the team like your cash flow requirement is then bigger than before and actually you're going to run out of money in a month if you order stock and you have a fucking eight, 10 week lead time and you don't have enough credit you know all this sort of shit which comes with experience so, so that's now why i'm in the process of completely with his help he's basically doing it for me um yeah hiring a part-time fd so like and again i'm very transparent with these guys like i was on a call with two of them last week and like i just say look i don't know what the fuck i'm doing with this side of shit but I know I know how to scale things and I know how to brand stuff. I know how to sell product. But I need someone that just makes sure I'm on the straight and narrow and not about to get fucked in the arse again like I did before. Mate, that that is actually the thing in like the businesses I've built that I've that's always worried me. I feel like with with a business, before you hire people and delegate, you need to know how to do everything to a certain level. 100%. So you know if the person that you're bringing on, if they're doing a good job or not. Yeah. The one thing that I've, I've always found difficult is with accounting, a lot of it's fucking, I don't, still haven't got a clue about. Yeah, and same. it goes straight over my head. You know, there's basic shit, you know, that we all know. But that's the one area of business that I think you could be a shit accountant and the business owner wouldn't have a clue if, if you're doing a good, if they're doing a good yeah, job or not. Agreed. I, I think that's, that's why it's so important to, for, for shit like that and like, genuinely as well, but certainly for like mission critical shit like that, which again, is stuff no one's speaking about on YouTube. It's all about fucking ad spend, ad spend, ad spend. The shit that will kill you is running out of money. Simple Fact. as that. I learned that the very hard way. It's very unglamorous very boring it's not cool there's no fucking lambos <laughs> like yeah. everyone talks about marketing not even product by the way which we kind of touched on the last episode that went out with the purdy and fig guys no one's talking about product they're all talking about and i say no one i mean like the dc community broadly online certainly the people that make the most noise you know youtube twitter all that they're all talking about marketing spend marketing spend no one talks about product it's revenue it's not even, even less so yeah <laughs> no one fucking talks about you know, the cash flow implications of scaling something. And these are all more like things that you become more aware of with experience ultimately. And like you can tell someone has no experience or they're like capping, as people say these days, basically full of shit, when all they're talking about is like marketing mm. because it just proves they've never, they haven't got any actual experience because they haven't run into the issues that these other things can produce or, or certainly they're just lying about them because they want to sell a membership to their Discord or whatever it is. I think it's that Twitter <laughs> culture that's been yeah. real like, where people just fucking screenshotting Shopify revenue figures when realistically they're not making they're making up one point five percent net yeah, profit yeah. on that. Well, probably like, not. What does that they're mean? Losing money. Yeah, and exactly. It's like what is what is your revenue figures? And you know, Triple Well has helped with that to an extent because yeah. you can more accurately look at your figures. But it's it's I think that culture on Twitter is is quite toxic. There's something called is it called someone's going to correct me in the comments. I think you know what I mean. There's like a curve. I think it's called like the Dennis Kruger curve mm. or some bullshit. I don't know if it's called that. It basically means when you 
there's like a curve where you go from knowing nothing to thinking you know everything to then actually when you know way more you realise you know nothing mm, so I'm, I'm at that stage now where I realise I know fucking nothing and I actually think it makes me makes me a lot better for a start but it's just interesting how you have to go through that by definition you have to go through the period of thinking you know it all being yeah. that like stereotypical like arrogant fucking make your first bit of money online there's nothing wrong with that I think everyone should go through that I certainly did I think what you've done really well just on this point and it's so fucking important because people that are really egotistical surround themselves with people that are small fish compared to them like if you went back to York now you you know you'd be the big fish like I did at the weekend yeah yeah like you'd be the big fish and you know it might it might be a bit of an ego stroke but realistically that's not going to kind of grow or fulfill you I think it's so important to surround yourself by bigger fish than you and you be you, you want to be a small fish in a big pond I, I actually think and again we've Many guests have mentioned this and it's so true. And I've agreed with this on other pods. I think it's the single most important thing literally in life is who you hang around with and, and who you surround yourself with. But like a caveat to that is, and I just want to say this, like clip this from the pod, Brad or whatever, but the most successful people I know are also the least arrogant, the most genuinely nice and the most authentic people. The people that fucking, you know, and I'm not, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular but you get some people that just think they're dogs bollocks they've actually had no success but they're fucking fronting like majorly like the classic guru type they're, they're say nothing has ever gone wrong they mm. tell everyone that everything's perfect and they're a cunt the most successful people in the world like well certainly that I know are just like I said genuinely nice people and just very authentic because they're fulfilled I think like if you're pro- trying to prove something and, and at least all the people I hang around with or what look up to are that you know there's never any excuse to be like just a cunt and but there's a lot of people that are because it comes from days. a deep rooted insecurity if you're trying to fucking yeah. prove something it's because you're insecure yourself those people you hang around with are fulfilled and they fucking they don't need to do that shit it's like the, you normally find that the, the billionaires are the ones rocking about in shorts and a yeah, baggy t-shirt no, 100% so true like yeah I mean just look at some of the guests I've had on the pod like I keep saying like like 0.001% like financially successful but they're like the nicest people ever yeah granted like not everyone has access to people like that because again like you have to kind of do stuff and build that network over time and stuff but again it's very intentional like you're saying yeah I've always very intentionally put myself in positions where I feel like the fucking you know the broke loser like that's one way of putting it but like the small fish yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like fucking half my half my close mates have been on the pod have fucking made more money than me but that's great because mm. otherwise I would think I would fucking made it Fuck. and like yeah I, I'm, I still I still think I'm gonna outdo them in like two three years but that's but it's that it's that competition that you need you and it's need a healthy to be competition trying to jump jump yeah. higher to, to people otherwise you'll fucking get comfortable which is dangerous as and, fuck. and it's a healthy competition but it's also like a support network like you know I spent like two and a half years living with Fred who's one of my best mates and fucking wildly successful for his age probably like one of the most in the fucking country to be honest um and other people like Adam who's been on the pod slightly older than me but we had, we shared an office in fucking Leeds for like a few months and he was one of the first people I ever spoke to in the fucking space and he's gone on and done mad things and like Jack who I now live with is fucking scaling the shit out of his brand what's your advice and, then for like yeah. people who like are in that position where 
they're just thinking, how the fuck can I find those people? Because again, it, it's, that is literally the most common question I get in DMs. Yeah, it must be. And every single fucking time, I, I probably don't, I've stopped replying to a lot of DMs at this point because do shit. It's finally getting to the point where I actually just get too many, and and I'd never thought we'd get to that point because I do not consider myself fucking public figure or any of that bullshit. But I guess it's such a like a committed audience. So I appreciate all the messages, but I guess to answer that question, the first thing is no one fucking grows up with a bunch of entrepreneurs. So like recognize that it's normal. I certainly didn't. No one else I know did really. Um, The next point is you have to just be uncomfortable and put yourself out there. Like I said, I flew to Singapore. Like that's not an exaggeration. I flew to Singapore by myself Mm -hmm. on an economy ticket. I fucking went to an event. Do you know how scary that is when you're like 21? Anyone be shitting themselves. But you have to do that. And, and, And I think probably the most important thing after that is you ultimately have to do something and when you start doing things and being known for oh you, you built that or you know you're doing this that's cool that's when you can get in certain conversations and you build that credibility and that respect and and then ultimately you get into certain rooms and I, I guess there's like like with anything like there's kind of levels to it like you genuinely will gravitate and hang around with people who are on a similar level in in, in your you know, doing similar numbers, whatever it is, been in the game a similar amount of time. Like, I'm not fucking hanging around, hanging around with, I don't know, owners of Premier League football clubs, am I? Because they're like billionaire level. Not that I have to get to that level, but you know, you'll genuinely find yourself with people that are doing similar shit. Yeah, like when you fucking met Fred, he wasn't at the level he's at now. Like you yeah, find we, we people were doing and like, you grow We were doing together. like the same yeah, shit, yeah. exactly. Exactly that. That's the most important thing, finding people and growing together rather than just trying to join the conversation later on. Because that's something that kind of pisses me off. Like I get people that yeah. message me from like my past or whatever. Suddenly they want to be, be, my, be my best mate. Probably less so now. It probably used to happen more when I was like flexing cards and shit. But it's like, you weren't fucking interested in speaking mm. to me when I was 19 years old and fucking couldn't sell a t-shirt online <laughs> suddenly now you fucking want money and advice I think, I think as that well, happens to everyone I think as well like a big thing that people like don't talk about is like just don't be a stiff cunt like <laughs> oh so true mate like people don't think, be a virgin people think that like networking is that this thing yeah. where you have to go in with like this business mindset like you're in an interview or something yeah. just fucking be yourself and like the best you know, networking I've ever done was getting pissed with people in foreign countries and strategic I'm, send yeah as you honestly call it. though like <laughs> and it's it was, I never even thought about it it was just natural like just yeah. be your fucking self and it's so obvious when you're when you're putting something on it's painfully obvious yeah. like I'll get voice notes off Don's that watch the pod that like pitch into like and I fucking yeah it's great like, I appreciate the message or whatever but they're like pitching to work for I don't know the pod or something and it and they're on about like I don't know it's just fake do you know what I mean like yeah fucking oh like, like using, an big, ulterior using motive. big words and shit it's like just speak how you fucking speak mate yeah, like yeah, no one cares <laughs> I, I don't know but yeah it, basically just be yourself and be real and like, I don't, don't think, and I think don't have like an ulterior motive like genuinely try and build fucking real relationships yeah exactly because and also real relationships are built like when you're not just talking about like business and shit which is why which is what I think a lot of people miss. They'll go to like, I don't know, a fucking event. Mm. And I don't even know what events people are going to, but like, you know, they'll think of like networking, like you said, as like this kind of professional endeavor, like... Dick swinging contest. Yeah, like just fucking go and speak to people. Like, you wouldn't go on a date with a girl and 
fucking have a script of questions although I know certain people have actually fucking done that and they're going to have very good with girls like, just there. go and be yourself <laughs> like let the com- let whatever happens happens and let it flow and right. yeah I think that's the most important thing so it's a question I wanted to get onto because it's something that I've like I had this big goal for a while of like you know little little time ago now of that seven figure run rate was like that big goal for me. And I always had that for like a few years. And then when I hit that, it's this thing called gold medal syndrome where yeah. you you hit, you know, gold medal. It's like a, it's a known thing that Olympians, they hit that gold medal that they've been working their whole life for. And it's this empty feeling. And again, people say that about like exiting a company as well. It's this this empty feeling. And I know certain people go to the extent of feel, saying they feel depressed because they lose their purpose, yeah. et cetera. Maybe a bit too too far-fetched if, uh, you know, you're getting a huge fucking multi-nine-figure exit. Yeah, I'd rather feel empty in a car and <laughs> empty on the streets but um what are your thoughts there because you talk about this huge exit like do you do you think that really the exit is is the goal or do you think the journey to that exit is the goal and are you worried about getting that gold medal syndrome yeah so many points i i think i've, I've been grossly misunderstood by my own parents in, in this respect and probably probably people that don't understand like the mind of true entrepreneurs a bit in, in the sense that like I've always spoken about ever since I was like 12 years old wanted to do like big things whatever that is and I, I guess now it's you know a big thing would be building a fucking 100 million pound revenue business maybe a billion pound valuation business whatever the reason I want to build something big is because if it's bigger then it's impacting more people just by default mm. and if it's impacting more people it's worth more by default you know basically and you know like easy example obviously like someone like Jeff Bezos has ultimately impacted more people's fucking lives than probably anyone else like on a I don't know you know a product monetary perspective he's made more millionaires than anyone else probably through FBA all that sort of stuff and as a result he's the fucking richest man in the world or Elon Musk is but he's one of the richest men in the world right I, I don't think he ever went out to try and make 200 billion dollars yeah. went out to try and solve a problem which was fucking selling shit online and obviously did it very well I would just rather try and go like again some people just not just have different views on this like um guy i had on previous episode or maybe it hasn't come out by now but he runs a clothing brand and he was very clear like he's quite a bit older than me and his view was i don't want to build like you know 100 million pound revenue i just just don't and that's cool i fucking respect that more than people that lie about it but for me i just think i just have this gut feeling that i want to do something big and like if it's bigger it impacts more people and ultimately yeah i could fucking potentially make a load more money from it but it really isn't about that like the money for me was always just i want to be able to do what i want when i want with who i want how i want so to do that you need fucking a lot of money so millions and millions really because you know you can invest it and never have to work again but i've never had any doubt in my mind that i'll get like I'll reach that point, whatever that is, fucking 30, 50, 100 million quid in net worth. Like, even when I was fucking, everything was going wrong, it's never crossed my mind that, that wouldn't happen because I know I'm capable of it. But like, it comes from a place that I want to have, I genuinely want to have a positive impact. Mm. And again, it sounds like all grandiose and shit, but that actually is what drives me way more. But probably particularly because I've had a taste of like that millionaire lifestyle. Because ultimately I have, I was fucking driving like Ferrari, living in a penthouse, like, that shit ain't cheap and like yeah I've had a taste of that and granted there's obviously levels to it fucking I wasn't flying private jets but I think that little you know 
the taste of that over the years like does make you realize that you probably put two and two together and think all right so this is what i'm doing with this much money you know if i fucking got 100 million quid exit what's the difference so that's why now i wanted to focus on something that actually was like firstly like creatively interesting like like passionate about it from like a creative standpoint so like if i never got paid from it would i still want to work on it yeah probably like hypothetically but then also something that can you know an industry and a product that sort of product that can you know have an impact to people's mental health etc etc so it genuinely is beyond just the fucking monetary point is what i'm saying so that's kind of the first thing just to clarify because i think a lot of people got me wrong in the past and thought it's some materialistic cunt but i'm actually not I just like mm. cuddling my dog and fucking wearing pink shit <laughs> like it's, it's very it's much more honest and pure than probably what maybe some people thought of me when i was younger but um that's the first thing but yeah um the whole gold medal syndrome thing i, I completely understand that to an extent because again there's obviously levels to it but maybe when I for me like the goalposts were like get my first car which was you know relative to doing a few million in revenue or whatever it was at the time then I reached fucking I guess got to like eight figure run rate point at one uh, in 2020 and that was kind of mad but like then the goalposts move again and it's like you know this see a certain amount of money in, in the bank account for the first time and then suddenly fucking don't care anymore because the goalposts have moved again so yeah and obviously there's levels to it like I, I genuinely feel like I've done absolutely nothing with my business career at all but I guess for like a young person I have so do you know what I mean yeah um, it's I think as well it's I've answered that question yeah fucking I, rambling. I think it fucking comes back to as well just and you mentioned that before um, that brand owner and it, it's true like I think a lot of people come into the space and they see you know, they see a lot of people making these fucking huge eight, nine figure exits, but, and, and people as a result think, oh, I want that, I want that. But realistically, you know, someone that's doing a couple of hundred grand a year might actually be happier than someone that's doing, probably are you know, not eight, nine figures a year because realistically it's going to be a less stressful business, more of a lifestyle business at that level. Um, and it may be more suited to you. So I genuinely think like the big thing is just fucking know what makes you happy and don't just do something because of the, the monetary value of it. Cause a lot of people are way happier at those slightly lower levels. Like, I fucking found this now, like to be honest, building a team that every new employee that we bring into my business, like, it gets fucking more and more stressful. And it's just one of those things of like realigning of what actually your makes you happy. You know, it, 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 the goal, the goal is important, you know, what, what that goal is. But at the same time, you, I think you need to reassess like consistently, is this making me happy? Like, cause that's at the end of the day, like that's what being a business owner is. You're doing something. So you get that freedom. And if you, you're scaling a business to a point where you're losing that freedom, then it could be a different story. Yeah, I completely agree. Do you know what's interesting? Because even after I fucked up with like neon beach and had that real taste of like the dirt, it made me want to like go even bigger with the next one because I was like, and that's probably a chip on your shoulder. Partly that, but then it's almost like I felt like almost like discovered like what I felt like could be like my, my, my life's purpose and shit. And I'd, broadly speaking, maybe that is to like have a positive impact on the mental health of entrepreneurs and creatives and people that view the world like me. And probably creatives is a better way to put it because that's broader. And, you know, like even if that's just something I've come up with 
in my fucking dreams and it probably is but like when you actually feel like you fucking finally on a like stuff kind of makes sense like you know what you want to work on you know what you, you feel like your purpose is at least because I think there's a difference between being happy and being fulfilled and I don't necessarily think you have to feel happy all the time but I think no, that's feeling like you have a purpose and being content with the journey is a very good place to be and I feel like for the first time probably ever I feel like I'm starting to get there like the combination of the way I'm living, the people I'm around, the shit I'm working on, like even just doing the podcast, like that adds an element of fulfillment because I feel like I'm, well, it's just enjoyable to share my journey because that the inner fucking mover director in me, like you were saying before, mm. fucking comes out and in 10 years time, it'd be great to watch back. And then I get messages saying it's changed people's lives and shit, which might sound flippant, but if it has, it fucking has. And that's great. Um, How does that make you feel? Like what I think of what I'm doing is obviously what I, am, I actually am doing. Cause like, I think what, yeah, I, th- I think what I'm doing is always come like even the brands I built, which is probably actually the most painful thing about the whole neon beach situation, by the way, was I was labeled as like some fucking fraudster trying to make money. Whereas everything I've ever done has come from a place of genuine intention and authenticity and just trying to be a fucking creative cunt that, I guess makes cool shit and inspires other people to do cool shit. That's been my entire personal identity since I was like 10 years old, at least in the back of my mind. And I don't fucking get it right all the time, but I'm certainly not a fucking scam artist. Um, and obviously that's all been cleared up now, but that was probably the hardest part about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people getting you wrong and shit. What was the question? Where's I going with that? So yeah, I think you answered it, but just moving on then, what is you get that exit what's next like genuinely I know it's hard to visualise these things I don't know if you're into visualisation or that kind of shit yeah. but what what is next because I and again obviously I'm good mates with Connor who was on this podcast I know you both spoke about this and I spoke about this with Connor as well he doesn't ever you know Tev his his perfume brand is obviously doing mad numbers and he wouldn't ever want an exit because he's you know, he feels like he would always want to scratch that itch and he would just look for the next thing and invest into the next thing when, you know, he has no confirmation that the next thing's going to work like this. What are you, you know, do you see that as the end? Do you fucking see yourself, you know, the cliche of retiring on the beach? Or do you do you uh, feel like, again, the same thing's going to happen where you're going to need that purpose? Similar situation to after Neon Beach, but obviously a very different uh, pre Yeah, I that. mean... If like obviously shit changes so much, but like if, if I had to like write out what I think, what my rough plan probably is, and again these things change, you know, I build this brand for the next four or five years, sell it, make fifty to hundred million quid, then probably fucking get out of the trenches a little bit, maybe start a fucking chariot or some shit, start investing in businesses in the psychedelic space, end up building a group. <laughs> And by the time I'm 40, I've fucking built a 10 billion pound fucking public company. We float that. And I become, I become like the next Elon Musk or some shit with a focus on the mental wellness space and the emerging psychedelic wellness space. Um, so like, that's probably maybe how I see it going if I was to write the script. But obviously I'd always do the next thing. Like, you know, even shit like starting a podcast, fucking, you don't make any money from a podcast anytime soon. Like certainly mm-hmm. not in the first few months when I started it. And I started this because it was another creative endeavor, wasn't it? Like while I was pending the next brand, 
and now you know I, I guess like another project I've kind of started for my own personal side is I've started got into got into running a lot recently and now I've become a bit of a weapon with that and I found real solace in that because that, that has become like a meditation that I, I never knew existed because I was never into it when I was younger I was always I did rowing for years like I said then I got I found myself getting a bit like flat not f- I wasn't fat but like compared to what I am now like I'm fucking in great shape right now like physically probably mentally better than I have been for a while and there's there's always an next project is what I'm saying and like for me like fitness the podcast and the brand right now are kind of my three things like the brand is number one for sure that's like the bread and butter but yeah I think it's important to have I, I, I think it's important to have projects but do you know what I'm thinking? I don't understand people that can go through life not building anything mm. I think it's really sad what in terms of a, just a normal person that just works a nine to five not just or? yeah I mean no, I understand it because I know that everyone's different but I can't relate to it and I'm not saying like a business but even just like I, I don't okay I certainly can't relate to it and probably anyone watching this podcast can't relate to it but I don't actually get how someone can like just work a job that they don't necessarily like, which is unfortunately a lot of people, but then also not even have like a personal project outside of that. Like well, I think to, be in, to be get fit or something. Well, I think you're blinded. Like, how are they satisfied? But when you're in this game, I think you're so in the game and you're so blinded by the passion of being in the game that you, it's hard to actually understand from outside people how fucking hard it is what we're doing and like being how high pressured it really is like you know but I I just mean like even shit like wanting to get in like shape like having some like for me like the the human condition is to fucking improve yourself like that's what life's all about feeds into every part like the whole the slogan of this pod is the creative pursuit of a greater self which sounds fucking gay or whatever and like cringe and but I truly believe that's what life's all about. At least, at least in my perspective, like just the journey of fucking bettering yourself and along the way finding what ma- finding out what matters to you and fucking dying for it. Seems like that was a big part for you, like for your mental health, the fitness side, and you becoming more passionate about that. You're almost aligned and synchronized with, you know, everything with space, bo- space goods. Oh, massively. I honestly think. Because I know you asked that earlier, I probably didn't answer it. If you're in a bad fucking mental space and I've fucking been there and I probably will be again, but like, you know, hopefully not to the same extent. I think the most powerful thing you can do that's free is just fucking exercise and get in yeah, great shape. And particularly routine particularly running. Well. Routine, yeah. Don't drink alcohol. This is not, I mean, certain wine, but um, that doesn't help. Red wine's supposed bad, to be good for you before. Red, yeah, red wine doesn't help <laughs> if you're in a bad place. But yeah like I'd always gone to the gym I always had a decent routine I guess I'd lost my routine to an extent when I wasn't wasn't working on stuff so that kind of left a lot of empty space in my head too much time to think and I think a fucking lot way too much um, but yeah I think like running and just you know ha- read David Goggins book um, Can't Hurt Me I think that was the most powerful book I've ever read and that's what kind of kick-started me getting into running again and I just I just related to it on like a spiritual level just for like, just for people watching, then three biggest takeaways from that book that you know helped your trajectory. Probably the first thing is just the first thing. I think 
knowing that you can change, like you can change a shit situation and as unhelpful as it is to think about it, there's probably always someone that's been in a worse situation, including me, there's people who have been in worse situations that got out of it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is realizing that you have to suffer to build, to do or build anything great, whether that's a good body, good business, you know, whatever. If you want to do anything great, you have to fucking suffer. It's just a fact to, to, to achieve anything. And in certain ways, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to fucking get tortured, but you know, like in the gym, if you want to do well, it's going to hurt. If you want to get quicker at running, it's going to hurt. Like I did a run earlier, it fucking sucked for 20 minutes. But then I saw the time and I was like, fucking hell, I'm getting quick. So that's probably the third thing. I think this was the, the thing I think about so much now, particularly when I'm on, on a run, because it's like more, it's easier to relate to like a physical endeavor than maybe building a business, which is like much longer term. Was just when you think you're done, this is what he specifically says, when you think you're fucking done, you're probably at 50%. Mm. In terms of like, nice. again, that's easier to relate to like a physical exercise. So when you want to quit, like in a run, you can probably keep going twice as far. Like you physically, scientifically can. Well, you give up mentally exactly. before you give up physically. Exactly. So yeah, I, I, I've kind of like thought about that a lot, even probably more in like a fitness respect, but it kind of ties over. And like, you know, when you think something's bad, like you, you're a fucking bad motherfucker deep down. I feel like everyone's Fact. got, everyone's got that, that like, dark side in them and like everyone can access that point that's what I had to access to get out of that fucking hole I looked myself in the mirror and said I'm a bad motherfucker and I'm gonna do something great again yeah and to be honest like, I know it's wishy-washy but like for me if I'm having a bad day genuinely I think like it comes back to like gratitude be recentering to what you're actually grateful for realistically like who fucking cares if that you know you didn't hit the revenue figure you wanted to yeah. that month or that KPI, whatever it is. Realistically, like if you look at the grand scheme of things, are the people you care about, your fucking boys, your family, your mental and own physical health, if that's all in check, then realistically, who gives a shit? And that should realign you and put things into perspective. Yeah, so on that, one thing I started doing recently, and this is definitely in a fucking overshare, but like, I forced myself to start doing it a few months ago and it's, I actually think it's helped is that Every fucking day, maybe I missed a few days now and then, but every day on my iPad, I could do it in a notebook, but I write down a list of things I'm grateful for. Yeah, I do the same. And also I write down a list of, I guess, effectively affirmations. So to give you some examples, I'm not going to read off the whole list, but I, I write similar lists every day, probably it's just repetition, but like I'll write shit like I'm grateful for my physical and, and mental health right now. I literally you know, do the exact without same that, Because without that, nothing else matters. Because it's funny, Fact. when you get ill, you don't give a fuck about your Facebook ads. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a fact. I write shit like, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be in the trenches because so many people in a third world country would die just at the chance to work fact. on something great. What's the number one? Um, I'm great. Uh, one thing I've started writing, and it really, it's only really recently that I've been able to actually think this, is I'm so grateful for the failures of the past because they're going to be the greatest gift ever that no one else has. Or certainly no one else I know has. And then other shit like the affirmations. I will literally, and this might sound ridiculous, but I'll write shit like, I'm a bad motherfucker capable of literally anything on earth. Yeah. And like I, just, just shit like that makes you think. And like, I'll write stupid shit like, anything I desire, I will attract. Like shit like that. I, I, I'm, I'm such a believer of that shit. It does actually help because it, 
and Andy Tate actually who was nearly going to come on the pod a very controversial <laughs> character you know, he, he's he, hilarious he, he, he messaged me on Twitter um, or he replied to my tweet saying he would come on like next time because we tried to get him on when he was in London Baller. but he did a video about this and like and again people probably see one side of him but I related to it a lot actually it's kind of some of the stuff I started writing I got from that because he said like you need to believe you're the fucking man before you've ever done anything you know whether, whether that's with women with business, with fitness, like if you're a fucking loser, which we all are when you start out, like whatever, in, in some way, or we all feel like that at some point. I certainly did like a few months ago, but like just telling yourself, forcing yourself to change that mindset, like believing you're the fucking man, you know, in, in any respect. is literally all it is. But like writing it down just trains your subconscious almost. And I, I do genuinely feel a benefit from it. I think there's like, I don't know, like my friend Joe, um, who came on my podcast um, again Jordan Platt and you need to get him on yours yeah. he's I think uh, Joe and Ollie mentioned this on when you, they were on but they're business partners and he's like a big believer in energy and you know being around your fucking your friends and how that can really drive energy and you know attract certain things and there's I think there's two forms of energy There's there's one which is you know, writing things into existence, as you just said, and then being around like-minded people that talking about these things can help drive that. And yeah, I'm, I'm such a believer of that, the affirmations and what that can actually do for you. Because realistically, if you don't, if you don't believe something, it's not going to happen. If you don't, if you don't actually talk about it, it's not going to happen. I think it's such a big thing. Yeah, I think the problem with that is that people get the misconception that that anyone I or anyone else is implying that writing it down and doing no work Couldn't makes it happen it's that writing it down exactly that did shit that, to people that where, got people confused well they think they, they thought that they could just write something down and like fucking poof into existence and that's yeah, the difference you that's can, the problem you can do that shit but if you haven't got the action to back it up Andy Priscilla best podcast ever by the way MFCEO doesn't make it anymore go listen to every single fucking episode of that he makes a new one now, which I actually, I actually don't listen to that. But go listen to all that because that's the first part I ever listened to. But he spoke a lot about this. And this is a guy that's running like a billion pound supplement business in America. First form, it's called. He's a fucking savage. He's kind of like David Goggins. In the, like he's like, he's like no bullshit, work your ass off sort of type. But when I first heard him speak about this like five years ago, it's what changed my perspective on like, you know, law of attraction, blah, blah, blah. Like even Conor McGregor is another example. He speaks a lot about it, like visualization, like... The point is, that is the foundation that enables you to get in the right headspace to then go and do the fucking grueling work. If you don't have the foundation though, you won't even start the work or you'll do the work in the wrong way. Because like ultimately, you know, the same principles applies with anything. Like if you don't think that you can ever get good, you won't even try and then you won't get good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, fact. So it, it comes down to negativity as well. Like negative yeah. energy is like a massive thing. And I was, a, I've been a very negative person, by the way. This is like the, and I still am now and then. I'm a very cynical cunt a lot, a lot of the time, which I say flippantly about myself. But like when I was in that hole, I, I was a very negative person about everything. Like even my mates would say it. Like I, did, I didn't fucking believe in myself in a way at that point, but I, I still, I still managed to get into the place to fucking start building shit again because probably because of years of previous self-belief. I don't know what it was, but like even in that hole, I managed to like fucking start. But like, I, th I think the point is, yeah, like everyone starts not believing in themselves. Yeah, but like, fact. you know, affirmations and shit can, can be a, 
certainly a useful starting point. Yeah, it's, it's, you've got nothing it's else part to go of a process. It's a puzzle and, you know, it's a part of a puzzle. I think that's important. There's one thing I want to come on to and it, it wouldn't be a, uh, a midnight pod without this topic. Um, <laughs> so relationships. Yeah, I'm fucking uh, ready. <laughs> um, behind, you know, there's the, the, old, the old saying, and again, you know, not trying to be sexist here, just it is the saying, behind every great man is an even greater woman. I think that's it. Don't fucking quote me on that. Yeah. Um, firstly, thoughts on, you've obviously went through a breakup whilst on this pod. Yeah, thoughts on being in a relationship on it whilst being an entrepreneur and trying to build something big and meaningful you know is it is it a positive is it a negative what are your thoughts on that since going through your last breakup yeah look I think the first thing is I'm the most overly romantic poetic fucking arguably hopeless romantic cunt on the fucking earth like I am not that guy I'm not the Andy Tate character I'm not that guy that's like fuck bitches get money like I can put that fucking act on but like you know at the core of it I'm like a romantic fucking poetic artistic <laughs> I don't know what I'm fucking even trying to say but like I'm the fucking guy that probably that would has and that probably would and has written fucking cringy love letters you know in certain contexts and probably has written songs for girls and shit if I care about them um, but yeah I mean I definitely, I like the idea of like the beautiful romantic relationship, blah, 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 blah. But I also, I'm a fucking realist and I, and I know the reality of certain situations and I've certainly at this point have been through, well, only really like one serious relationship and breakup, which was very painful. And, you know, I've, I've have experience with girls and relationships with women over the years. Obviously, I've, I've never... I've never had a lack of that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's different for everyone, but like, I just want to preface that saying I'm not this fucking money to work cunt that's like, you know, fuck women, like just bitches, all this shit, because that's just not me. And I, I see a lot of that and I think it's so fake online. Um, but I, there's a time and a place, like if I listen to Future and fucking go to a nightclub and talk a bit, you know, do you know what I mean? Like talk a big game with the boys or whatever, but then... I'm probably more realistic the guy that listens to fucking somebody else by the 1975 and fucking like wants to fucking get a tingle down my spine about my future girlfriend that doesn't even exist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think... Or thinks about someone from my past and fucking deeps it. I think realistically... That's more realistic. And I've kind of gone through this. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing at all to be in a relationship in business. And I'm very much against... No, I completely agree. These people who are like... I'm very against these people who are like, oh you're fucking almost like looking down on you for going out and enjoying yourself and fucking having a girlfriend and having a social life and shit because realistically yeah. why are you working hard if it's not to actually have fun you know as well outside of work um, yeah, I, I think agree. what's important though a big thing on that is that they need to be on board with what you're doing and you know it's very easy to get with people who uh, don't quite understand what you're doing and you maybe haven't let them on to you know the amount of time investment needed yeah. to into the thing that you're doing they need to be on board with what you're doing and that's fucking important and i think when you get someone who isn't isn't and is detrimental to that then that's where the issue is but you can find people that can fucking enhance what you're doing and yeah. you know mm-hmm. understand that you're building something for the future for the two of you yeah exactly like i think 
having a great relationship with a girl you fucking love and think is beautiful is like one, it's one of those pure things on yeah. earth yeah, honestly like th- those moments from my past relationship that were good you know they're still good memories and hopefully I'll make similar and improved memories with the next girl I end up in a relationship with whoever that is you know there's certain ones that I'd fucking wouldn't say no to but <laughs> still pending um I completely agree. I think it's a it's a bit of a cope or like a fucking just bullshit stereotype that like entrepreneurs can't fucking speak to girls or have relationships or speak to guys, whichever way around you are. Yeah, I think I think that's bullshit. It's like an immature way of looking at things. Um, but yeah, it's it's important that they're on the same page, especially when. I think it just comes down to like transparency and honesty and communication in relationships, like. I love the idea of having a fucking great relationship with the girl that fucking really supports my vision and and I support whatever she's fucking doing. But that, that hasn't happened yet because that hasn't happened. And maybe that's quite rare. Yeah. It's not something I'm searching for, which is maybe why it hasn't happened. I think that's the better way to the be, effort, though. To be honest. I know a lot of I'm people... focus on my own shit right now. I, think the, I know a lot of people... If someone have... wants to join in, then they're welcome. <laughs> Uh, his uh, his Instagram is at Mathusius. Yeah, <laughs> slide in. Uh, no, I think like the point on that is yeah. I mean, t- taking taking that one step further, then do you think you could? Because I, I actually know I have a lot of friends who are business owners who fucking have work with their girlfriends in their business. And for me, idea. I genuinely could never do that. I think that's a really bad idea. I know a few people have done that. Wouldn't work. I, just, I can't see that actually working for anyone, to be honest. I think this would, you could say, you know, it's down to personal preference. I think that's too far. Because you I never just, get away. You need I also your think escape. you make bad business decisions because mm. if you fucking like. It's emotional. Exactly. Decisions like, shouldn't be emotional. Again, I've never done that, but I just can't see how that works for anyone long term. Long term being the key word. Like, it might work for a year or two. And, uh, yeah, I actually know someone that does that as well, but. Not I mean, Connor's me. Con, like Connor does that. Like he's married he did, to, it. and I think it works. Know, fucking, well, they work together. Connor's Connor's dad, brother, and wife all work for him. Oh shit! I didn't realize which is that. mad. But and it fucking works. I, like, I don't think dictatorship. Yes, <laughs> controversial. Um, but I don't think like I don't think it can't work. But yeah, I think it's there's very few um, situations where I think it. It, it does and for me anyway I'm very much a person where I do need that disconnect yeah I definitely probably need that more I've never really had that because fuck yeah I mean maybe I had an element of that when I was in my previous relationship which is probably healthy but yeah that wasn't meant to be so yeah relationships are difficult I think it's a skill like any other and until you go through one and probably like a business that goes bad, a relationship that goes bad, you learn a lot from that about yourself and other people and how to deal with other people. I certainly wasn't fucking perfect in that relationship or breakup and you learn a lot from it. Yeah, fact. I think both it's like sides anything. probably do. It's, you fucking gain experience like when you fail in business, you know, you need, you go, you, it's, it's unlikely that you're going to marry the first person that you meet and 100%. go through that shit. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. I actually think... I had a tweet that went my most viral ever tweet a few months ago like I tweeted about the whole dating game how it's kind of fucked for this generation because in the moment I tweeted it and it got like a million impressions I think like 10,000 likes all this shit but people obviously obviously relate to that um, because I think it's hard now 
I think dating and romance and it's fucking hard now because there's With too the much superficial there's, there's too dating much choice, apps and shit. There's too much options for everyone, you know, too many options for everyone. There's limited authenticity in the way we present ourselves online, particularly like a dating respect. Um, I was with my ex-girlfriend for like three years, three, four years. And it was during, it was kind of like venturing over the period where Tinder was just becoming a thing. And there was none of that like super lights, any of that shit. And then we broke up and I was like, okay, I'm going to trial this fucking dating app shit now. Like kind of had it on a pedestal, thought it was going to be this amazing thing. And it just seemed weird to me, like this idea of your, it's so superficial, liking yeah. someone just for the way they look. And then this forced conversation just I mean, to try and get someone. I mean, on. it is, but it's like, that is how people meet each other these days. More it's than fucked, anything else, I yeah. think. It's kind of scary. Are you still with, it, with that girl? So we, like, we, we broke up and for like four months, I went to Bali, um, had a good time there, came back tried the dating scene and it just like like I said it was just I found it very strange and we just very naturally got back together so yeah like technically we've been together for a a fair amount of time like like six six years we don't live together yet and I'm about to buy a place not with her like on my own but we have a we have a good relationship which means that I don't have to fuck we like we don't feel like we're on top of each other or rely on each other or or each other's friendship groups I think I think Honestly, probably one of the biggest lessons I'd take from my previous relationship, which I'm not allowed to speak about on the pod, but it's just don't live together. At least not too mm. soon. So did you live together then? Was that, would you say Way that was like soon. the big thing? That was the kicker. Fair. Maybe it had to happen, but... Do you think as well it was like because of everything going on with oh, yeah. Neon Beach? Yeah. Did you take that out on her? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I lost it. It was a bad time. It was a fucking bad combination of factors. But it wasn't meant to be anyway. I truly believe that. But yeah, that probably expedited the downfall of the process <laughs> because yeah. I just, yeah. So what, like one of the final questions, we could go on fucking all night here. Um, yeah, but definitely could. Again, there's another question. There's a final question that I know you ask a lot that we definitely come back to. But mm. what advice do you have then from a relationship perspective? Because everyone goes through fucking breakups. I know you spoke about yours on a few of the pods. Yeah, like too many what, times. Like in hindsight, are the biggest learnings from that like that someone could take going through heartbreak? What, what do you mean about relationships in general? About heartbreak? Rel- well, well, relationships both. in general. Uh, that you know. I mean, probably the things I would say is I, I think I think I answered this in the Q and A. Um, the first thing is just don't sway who you are or how you live for someone else and whether that's a guy or a girl or you're the guy and the girl whatever it is like you, you should be and it's so stereotype but it's fucking true like you should end up being like genuinely complimentary to each other rather than just you know usually it's one it's kind of one that leads leads the process and like you end up becoming someone else because you live how they do or you, you know you, you become part of their life or they become part of your life rather than fucking living how you want to live and mm. you know coming together so that's probably the first thing it's like stay true to who the fuck you are. I think don't, I think take take your time with shit. Like don't, you know, I'm guilty of it. Probably every guy or girl watching it has been guilty of it at some point. You end up fucking, you know, fucking get feelings for someone. First thing, next thing you know, you're fucking seeing each other for five days a week. 
even though you don't live together and it's just too intense I think yeah fact. just like focus on your own shit keep your distance not keep your distance but like I'd probably say you know unless you're living together don't be seeing each other like every day because you lose the spark and the magic of like the romantic side of a relationship when that happens I think and then it becomes like mundane and every day which is exactly what you didn't want it to become in the first place um and it might have to become that eventually if you live together and you get married but like certainly in like the first year or few years I wouldn't recommend doing that and I think the third thing is what I said before don't live together too soon and I think generally by too soon I mean like probably like before you're fucking getting married or like before you know they're literally the one you're probably going to get married to one of the most don't exciting things in a relationship is missing someone and like yeah, if you're together so true. and on top of that's each kind of other, deep that's very true like if you're on top of each other, like genuinely yeah. some of the, and my girlfriend will probably bite my head off for saying this, but we were together when we were at uni and you know, it's the time where it's that love is like so deep. Cause when you miss someone, that feeling of wanting to be with them is, is like pretty, pretty fucking insane. I miss that feeling. Honestly, I think having, I think like loving someone or having deep feelings with someone is like, such a pure like human feeling do you think you would it would I honestly you? miss it because like i know someone at top top level good friend of mine i won't say his name top level entrepreneur fucking doing big numbers several businesses he was like ahead of in his in his niche got with a girl you know fell head over head over hills for her happens to the best of us they she moved in with him he obviously he had like a a sick gaff like really nice place and just you know fell off the ball with with you know his business was still doing numbers but wasn't fucking he kind of got very comfortable and got so engrossed in his relationship that his competitors caught up with him yeah do you think if you found that person now you know in the early stages of your business when this is your baby how do you think that would affect you so it's such an interesting point because it happens to everyone by the way not, not just me plenty of my mates that have been on the pod have been through similar shit even though they probably wouldn't let it on and probably would never speak about it like I would um, I think relationships for anyone and falling in love and all that shit can be a real test particularly for an entrepreneur I don't know I think now I wouldn't let it have a negative effect but it like love does crazy things to you yeah it, it really does it's the ultimate drug like whether you know whether it's love or you think it's love like you know deep romantic feelings for, for someone can consume you and fucking everyone's been there I mean I certainly have I'll be the first to say it like if you really fucking like someone they're on your mind all the time nothing else matters in that time yeah and then it's like almost everything you do is waiting to fucking see them again and it's, it's a beautiful feeling but it's a dangerous one and it's a anything that's that intense and quick usually has the potential to crash down as just as quick yeah so like steep yeah that's why I say like you know stuff that's built on better foundations can usually last longer whether it's business relationship all that shit but um to answer the question I, I think it could work now I've got more experience I guess I'd probably be like fucking scared of getting feelings again to be honest I don't know mm, it's kind of deep but I think it could work I think it's, if you're on the same page it can definitely work if you just communicate and you're similar people and you, you get each other and you view the world the same way it can definitely work but I think particularly like as a young guy or girl like fucking you know feelings can 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 crush you yeah fucking and we've all been there can be toxic. I think like you said it just needs to you need to fucking lay the lay it on the table early you know realistically if you were to fall in love 
you got to tell them about I mean, what I you're hope it'll happen again. It's a, it's a beautiful process. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. I just haven't found that person yet. Or, or at least they fucking haven't found haven't found me yet. <laughs> Whatever, which, whichever way it, around it happens is. when you least expect it, as they always say. So finally, then to round off, I think in a midnight pod fashion, three things. Yeah, fuck. You wish you. knew. I always put pressure on people to say this. It's a hard one. Three things you. Uh, three bits of advice. Three bits of advice you wish you could tell self. yourself to your eighteen. Yeah, to your eighteen year old self. Christ, I'm gonna have to drop some absolute fucking vile <laughs> knowledge bombs here. Three bits of advice. I and mean, there's probably a hundred I could give, but I'm gonna try and pick out three instinctively. I think the first is if you have good intentions and always ultimately try and do the right thing and you're a good person and you're not a cunt to anyone, then that will always pay dividends, even if in the short term it's not as profitable. So always fucking leave with good intentions. I think I've always done that and it pays off with relationships and reputation and how people see you. Because look, I don't think anyone wants to be the guy that made millions from fucking forex courses when they're forty years old and they get asked what they did as a, what they did to make their money. Mm. Like I, I think about that a lot. Like it's what Gary Vee says: I think how you make your money is just as important as how much you make, is more important than how much you make. Yeah, fact. so it's the process. You know, the general vibe of that. I think just think about that. Like whether it's how you make money, how you speak to people. How you present yourself, just fucking do the right thing because you fucking know deep down. So that's probably the first thing. Um, second is, I think the biggest risk when you're young is taking no risks. I really, really do. So, I mean, I did a lot of that. So I would advise myself to do as much of that as possible. And whether that's, you know, starting a business and be willing to fucking lose money for experience because fucking experience, like I said before, experience and connections are way more valuable than money like way more valuable um so you know be willing to do that and part of that probably means ignoring your parents and maybe teachers or whatever that advise you not to do it because ultimately like a bonus point on the second one don't listen to people that fucking haven't done anything remotely similar to what you want to do and that might feel rebellious and like bad at first but it's literally the only way to go like don't fucking listen to your parents unless they've built a business if that's what you want to do so that's kind of the extra point to take the risks because the riskiest thing is none. What's the final point? Um, have a sickening self-belief and a sickening mm. worth work ethic. Yeah, and I think I've always had that. And people don't see, you know, behind the scenes, like I think anyone that's done anything of any significance in any realm of life had firstly a sickening self-belief. And sickening is a funny word, but it's true. And also just a sickening work ethic. Like, I've always deep down known that like if it comes down to it me and anyone else getting on a fucking treadmill or whatever it is you're getting off first or I'm going to fucking die trying to beat you and I, tr- I actually believe that and th- that's why I like a lot of like the physical exercise stuff to push myself along but yeah it has to start with a, a disgusting almost arrogant level of self-belief because that's where everything starts and then you fucking make it happen with the work ethic because no one has ever done anything great without like I said a sickening work ethic and putting in the fucking hours every single day for years probably decades and that's why you have to love it because otherwise you're going to fucking give up and yeah we ain't giving up fucking hell I don't think I can add to that that's probably what I'd say there's a lot of probably extra things I could think but power 
like I think I think that's it really like fucking it's, it's such a good point I genuinely think just love what you fucking do and you believe in yourself to the extreme doing what you fucking love and you will fucking make it um, yeah mate like Matt I think this is uh, it's been a pleasure a classic episode <laughs> a classic, classic episode we've gone pretty deep at times I'm bit well, of a blur always, to be fair probably go down a million things can we but I, th- I think it was a g- interesting to reflect from my side certainly and I sit in this chair for the first time which is very uncomfy and you feel like we've covered all you wanted to cover yeah I mean jeez yeah, there's always going to be more done like shit. two hours haven't we or something so there's always more but yeah I think it's just it's therapeutic for me to speak about shit there's probably certain things I've mentioned here certainly for the first time that I've never mentioned and there's probably always more things that are going to come out because I'm like I said trying to just be super real with all of it and we'll have to make this like a yearly tradition like an yeah, annual yeah. an annual yeah. recap of a map so. and hopefully ultimately like the whole premise of this pod is yeah it's therapeutic for me it's fun to do whatever we drink wine and shit I genuinely enjoy doing it but I know and I know and I hope I hope and I know that fucking people certain people listening to it will fucking get like severely not severely like deeply you know they'll be fucking impacted by it like ultimately so correct whether that's sharing experiences or relating to it or being at an age where I was where I said that certain things and yeah like and the whole idea of this pod broadly is I've, it's never from a place of I've fucking made it let's make a pod it's I'm in the process of trying to make it I've done some interesting shit that's relatable I think I've got a relatively interesting story you know we share it with guests it's just documenting the fucking process because it's so and doing it in, in, in an authentic way that's the key thing because yep. there's so many people documenting stuff and putting content out but there's an ulterior motive it's clearly not authentic you know they're presenting themselves in a certain way and I truly believe this, the shit we put out on this pod is just more real than 99.99% of content on the internet I genuinely believe that so whether that's right or not I still I think, fucking believe yeah, it yeah I think you're a great exemplifier of like you know Gary V said it a few times it's the whole idea of document don't create yeah. you know genuinely if you're if you struggle as a person to make content just fucking document what you're doing like in its simplest form the new series that you've started you're just in front of a camera talking about that last month of space goods and what's happening what went well what didn't go well yeah. and if anything you know regardless of the metrics that people get caught up on just fucking do it for yourself like a good friend of mine recently started a brand he's he's doing something similar he's not even advertised it or like pushed it on his socials because it's purely just for him and to look back on yeah so i think that's a big thing you're a great exemplifier of like just document what you're doing that's what i'm trying to do so yeah the story's gonna be fucking biblical so let's well, fucking go let's fucking have it um well i mean i'll do the outro again i guess yeah, yeah. Go just for to it. fucking you on apple music we're on fucking everything. All right, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us a comment if you enjoyed this episode. Give us five star on Spotify. Oh, that's and a good one. also on uh, Apple Music. I don't really know how it works on that platform, but uh, we'll see you next week. I won't see you, but Matt will see you next week on Midnight Yeah, subscribe pod. to the pod. Fucking leave a comment. Tell a friend. Let's grow this fucking thing Big to time. the fucking moon. See you next time. Peace. Peace.